Uh, good morning. It is 6.51 a.m., Sunday, February 12th, 2023. Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. So I just woke up and I had, uh, had a dream. That was uh, very interesting. I, uh, it took place in, uh, on Route 1. It was either in New Brunswick or Edison. It was right, it was on the southbound side. Uh, just before you get to that bridge, uh, and then once you go over the bridge, you you get right to like the intersection of Route 18, right? That's also around where the US-1 flea market used to be. Now it's a movie theater. But it was one of these jug handles, so you, you, you would exit the highway on one south and then go around the jug handle, and then you go over, right? There'd be an overpass over the highway. In this case, it was me and uh, it was sort of based on the three weasels, but it, it could have it me and these two other guys, but they were not quite Peter and Brian. They were just sort of like these, those typical dream people, right? This sort of faceless, sort of just stand-ins. Not that they don't have a face, but that, right, in the dream, you just sort of, you know they're there and... You just they, you don't ever see their face. There's nothing really distinctive about them. So the three of us, we we stopped there for some reason. I think that we were on some sort of mission, or we were on some kind of a a quest or an adventure. And uh, I don't know if our car had broken down or there was something wrong with it, but this was a, a kind of an audio auto body shop, right? It was kind of a a place. Yeah, where they fix cars, that kind of place, <laughs> an auto shop, car repair facility. I don't know what you, what do you call it. Anyway, um, so we went in, and we figured we would just sort of bluff our way in, like sort of act like, oh yeah, yeah, we're here to see uh, what's his name. And there was this woman there. It was she was uh, like the receptionist. She's like, oh, a name like, oh Ron. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we can go wait in his office. So we went. We went in there and. Like, uh, we we sort of just, like, went in as if we sort of, we, we were supposed to be there. And I'm trying to figure out, like, what the sequence of events was, but eventually Ron, or whatever his name was, uh, came in, and I forget exactly what the nature of our, like, what we were trying, what the angle was, but <coughs> eventually... uh he said he would give us this vehicle and it was like this huge white um almost like a motor home or i'm trying to think of like what kind of vehicle it would be i guess a motor home is the closest thing but it also was sort of like you know like they have a, a pickup truck that they sort of the back is converted to have a cover but then it's extended and it, it almost reminded me a little bit of the uh, the vehicle from Arc 2, the 70s uh, live-action uh, Saturday morning children's show. Right, but it definitely was like a motorhome kind of thing. M- you know, mashed up with like a pickup truck. And I'm like, this would be great for our adventures. This, this would be really cool. This would bring our adventures to a whole new level because we're going to have like this... Uh, <coughs> You know, we'll be able to like like stay in here. You know, we, this like this could be a living quarters, and as we explore these various places, 
we were wondering, like, why is this guy giving this to us, though? That's kind of weird, you know. I think we were sort of operating on this weird, like, like randomness, like, oh, let's just go in here. Maybe the guy will give us something. And so then I, I, he's like, oh, you can drive it out. So we drove it out. It was uh, these two, like, tire ramps that went down uh, to this sort of backyard that was kind of muddy and kind of. It was kind of overcast. It was kind of money back there, and we we drove the we, I drove it down there. Then we we came out, and uh, there was a uh, there was something out there. Was it like a well or a trunk of a car or just an actual trunk or something? And I was like, I had a bunch of junk I wanted to get rid of, so I sort of like dumped it in there, but then it was in a clear bag and you could sort of see all the stuff like old receipts and stuff and <clears throat> so I tried to I mushed it around so he couldn't see it so well and then he uh he introduced us to his dog this huge like mastiff because there's there's an English mastiff that lives across the street from us here in the real world just a massive, massive dog. Almost, almost looks like a giant bear kind of creature. You know, it's, I think it's even bigger than a Saint Bernard. It's just a massive dog. And he's like, you know, I want, I want to give you my dog as well. This would be a great companion on your trips and stuff. You know what? You can take my dog as well. He would love to go with you. And at first, I was like, great. Then I'm like thinking to myself, what? Wait, what? This is a huge burden getting a dog like this. What the heck? I have to take care of it, take it on walks, and buy all this food, and clean up after it, and the hell. So uh, then there's a few times we went in back inside the facility, and this is one of the coolest scenes. It was uh, we went to talk to Ron again. I'm just calling him Ron because I forget what his actual name was. He was sitting there, and I, I did sort of. He's, he did seem to be kind of like a guy in his 40s, maybe with like a mustache. He had kind of a blank expression on his face. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was watching TV. But it was sort of like a living room, but it had really high, this room had really high ceilings. And the video screen, like the TV set was sort of much higher than it should have been. And it was like the upper part of the wall looked like uh, it was decorated like um, the, uh, you know, some people in gardens have this sort of white painted wood strips in kind of a crisscross pattern. Then there's ivy growing on it or maybe like grape grapes are growing on it. You know, that kind of look. It was like that. It was almost like the side of a of a building. And then the, a little TV set way up and way up in the upper right. And uh, hold on, let me have some coffee here. Mm. I'm like, oh wow, that's an interesting setup. He's like, oh yeah, I made it myself, really. But then he switched it, and the t and then the video screen was much bigger. It turns out it was like a projector, uh, video projector. And he had it set up to project it so it looked like the actual TV set was in the upper right of the actual screen. And the rest of it was just sort of like, to make it look like a wall of a building. 
you know, with the vines, ivy and stuff, whatever. He's like, oh, yeah, I made it myself. It was like this whole, it's almost like this weird video chamber the guy had. It was wild. It really, it was really cool. Uh, so then, and then there was like, I guess because I had to go to the bathroom in the real world, like I sort of, there was like, his office was also a bathroom. And, but then afterwards I saw that like there was this window that was opened and, and if you were like in his living room at a certain angle, you could just like look into the bathroom. I'm like, Oh, that's not good. And that's weird. Um, so we got to, then there were these other people there. There were these like other, there were like women that were living there and it seemed to be like some sort of a, like a hippie house or something. I don't know. But I, but then I'm like, listen, I started really rethinking this. I'm thinking about the dog, and I'm like, I really don't want to take down the responsibility of this dog. It seems like a nice dog, but I really don't want to take on the responsibility of this dog. And, uh, you know, this vehicle, it's very nice, but what? why did he give it to us? It's like, there's got to be some strings attached, and what the hell? Like, I, I think we're better off just stepping away. And, and some of the women were like, oh, yeah, well, you could talk to Ron later. He's doing something right now. And I'm like, ugh. God, it's going to be so annoying. Like, you know, Ron, so thanks for giving me all this stuff, but I really don't think we can take it. I, I was thinking of, I was thinking about, you know, having to explain it to him. Like, he did all this stuff for us, but now I'm just going to sort of, like, reject everything. And then came a really great moment where I was, like, it was it, momentarily I was aware that I was dreaming. Not to the point of lucid dreaming, but I think I started waking up. And I'm like, wait a minute, I could just wake up and then I don't have to talk to him. And it's, it all just goes away, <laughs> right? I'm like, yeah, let me just wake up. Then I don't have to explain the whole thing. I don't have to, there's no guilt, there's nothing. I, I just, it's all gone. It's like, it's game over, <laughs> you know? So I like woke up. I'm like, oh God, thank goodness. <laughs> or I don't know if I was, if I actually woke up or if I was just dreaming about waking up. But it was really cool because, like, I, I knew the whole thing was a dream. And I'm like, yeah, all I need to do is wake up. I don't have to worry about this dog and this giant motorhome and all this other stuff. <laughs> but then I did get up, I think, to go to the bathroom. Then I went back to sleep and the dream continued. And it was, uh, it was like uh, a weird commentary on the first dream. It was uh, about, um, uh, I'm trying to think about it. It was like this it was all related to how we had to like take on this role of these like defenders or these explorers and that, um, right. It was about the prepper, the preparation work for us to, to take on these, these roles. This is harder to remember actually, even though it was more recent and it was like, uh, it sort of explained, it was sort of showed a chart of like, well, you guys are going to take on the role of these like, it was like these archetypes of these like heroes. And, uh, and then because of that, like all of these other things will just sort of fall on your lap. Like you'll get all this stuff because you're, you've agreed to take on the role of these heroes. That's why the guy was giving you all this stuff because you were sort of in that role of these heroes. And there were these charts and videos about it, analysis about it. We were arguing about it. It was like this whole thing. But the idea is that if you agreed to become these characters or become these, take on these responsibilities, that you would then get all this stuff. Like, it would seem weird, but everyone would just start giving you things because you were 
right? It was just you would get whatever you needed. It was, yeah, it was a bit a bit more. I, I think I remembered a little bit more of that when I was still like in bed. But anyway, I thought that was really. It, I love the video thing where he was tricking us with making us think the video screen was smaller. Like that is so weirdly specific and. Even so, the the I want to make it. You know, the full video screen was like way up, like it was like ten feet up from the ground, right? It was big though. It was probably about ten feet across at least. It was the normal, you know, widescreen TV size. But it was a strange, tall room. Uh, I wish I could wish remember more about the uh, situation with uh, like these explanations of like you know, taking on this, this, these personas. But anyway, I think that's about all I can remember. Wild dream. See, that's what, if we can just solve everything that way. Let's just wake up. We don't have to worry about any of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's about six hours later now. What is it? Uh, 1240 PM. And, uh, yeah, I'm here at uh, the strip mall in, uh, Parsippany, I believe. No, not Persephone. Is this Persephone? Anyway, I'm here at the uh, PJ's uh, Coffee of New Orleans, and I just got, um... No, this is Fairfield, right? Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I got a large black coffee of uh, King Cake, which is uh, chocolate and cinnamon. I also bought some of their coffee beans, the Carnival Blend. Pretty expensive, but they're good beans, though, you know. Yeah, definitely have some Absorbi this weekend. Absorbi, of course, is my uh, my term for uh, wanderlust, basically. Wanting to go out and do things. Which you don't always have. You just, Sometimes you just want to hang out and do nothing. So having Absorbi is actually quite... quite uh, can I open my window here? Quite, uh, quite a, a treasure to have Absorbi, right? So uh, yesterday, I, I I slept so much yesterday. I I, I I had a nap in the afternoon. Then I I went to sleep like around eight thirty. Whoa, whoa! What is this song? The Blue Man Runs Away by Crystal Ship from the Think I'm Going Weird compilation. Yeah. Oh yeah, I actually I updated my uh, my little uh, thumb drive here. So for driving around, I need something to listen to and. Uh, Previously, I had uh, a thumb drive with all of uh, the Grateful Dead's Europe 72 tour on it, which was great to listen to. Then that that drive died because I used it so much, and it was in the car, so it probably was beaten up by the weather and super hot, super cold temperatures. So I got another one, and I uh, I just put a random assortment of stuff on there, and I've been updating it now and then, but uh, I just did a major update. I got rid of a couple things. I mean, it, as much as I love fish, there's a, f- a fish show in there, and it just never seemed to mesh in with the rest of the stuff on there. Like when a fish song came on, I'd always skip it because you have to be in the mindset for fish. So I got took that one off. Then I had this uh, compilation CD I got for free from my subscription to Shindig Magazine called Lenny K's History of Rock and Roll. Something about it, the song selection or the mastering or something, I skipped every single song that came on. It was So I got rid of that. But I added in a ton of stuff like this... Uh, Strictly instrumental, some random CDs I must have downloaded ages ago, like decades ago. The real old MP3 downloads. Uh, the, I had De La Soul's first three albums on there, but it was in FLAC, and for some reason, still 
Flack is like this mystery format. Oh my god, I'm a brand new Honda from 2020, 2022, but I can't understand Flack. Oh my god, why can't any of these freaking things understand Flack? Even even iTunes, what is Flack? Just support Flack, damn it. Anyway, I don't want to give them that much Flack, but <laughs> for not playing Flack. But listen, so I, I converted that, had a Flack converter. Also, I had I had gotten a. Um, Another uh, compilation from uh, Cherry Red Records, uh, music, music, music from uh, a music, music, music from uh, a, a new wave compilation, right? Uh, I put in uh, this soundtrack from R4 Ridge Racer Type Four, um, and all sorts of other stuff, random, random stuff. ZZ Top's Eliminator. It's a good. Anyway, I just started listening, and so it's really improved the. Uh, the overall mix, I think, and uh, by the way, those De La Soul albums are going to be um, released finally onto streaming. Finally, their first three albums. For those not familiar, and I know most people are not familiar with their first three albums, they are the most innovative, important music um, amongst the most innovative, important music ever. So you'll be able to hear them on streaming. I, they're they're all on YouTube, but you'll be able to hear them on streaming. I think within a month or so. Uh, they said it was March 2023. They're going to come out. It's been a long wait, but the song that came up real uh, the, as the second song as I was driving away from home was uh, Fanatic of the B-Word. You know that song? Let me see if I can find the, uh, the lyrics to that. Okay, here it is. Ha-ha, oh yeah, got it going on like a big old fat high hard-on. Woo! Black sheep in the house, sweet daddy Mr. Long in the house. My man Andres in the house, you know what I'm saying? Here we love in the house. Long Postanus Dove Prince Paul the immigrant Lucienne in the house. The house dready bear haha Mike G come on everybody let's baseball. It's a great song. A Nubian sprocket is the one one plug one cut the cap for yes anyway. Oh it's hard to uh, recite. But anyway, what a great song. Pretty pretty deep track from that album too. Fanatic of the B word. I guess baseball. Anyway, yeah, so I have Absorbi and uh, yesterday I had Absorbi. I like that word. It's better than wanderlust, because wanderlust is sort of like, you have a lust for wandering. It, I don't know. It is true, but, you know, as it is a basic urge of mankind, you know, I do believe it's a survival trait. If you think about it, of course, the urge to reproduce, to have sex, is allows the human race to continue on. But so does wandering, right? Wandering around, finding new places, finding new things, figuring out new ways to do things is also extremely important for survival. Uh, but absorbi that's a good word too. But uh, yeah, so yesterday I really couldn't do much. I finally just went over to Barnes & Noble to satisfy my absorbi which was, uh, you know, a quick absorbi fix. And I did wind up getting um, a couple of magazines I usually don't get. I got... Um, non-sports update about non-sports cards trading cards like uh what do they have they had the 2023 preview there's going to be trading cards for that old movie my bloody valentine who knew the band that named themselves after my bloody valentine would become thousands of times more significant culturally than the movie oh i should put that album on here i don't know i feel like as much as i love that album it's i feel like it's just not that it's overplayed, but I've probably overplayed it over the years, you know. Um, the uh, Loveless, My Bloody Valentine Loveless album, probably one of the best albums ever made. 
from 1990. Anyway, um, yeah, non-sports update. They also it was it was weird. There was a kind of a, uh, a synchronicity. I was talking to my brother last night, and he mentioned uh, some like old comic strips, and he mentioned Dreadstar, a comic strip. Uh, what's his name? Anyway, on the cover of this non-sports update is is like uh, an image, a picture of one of the cards from a, an upcoming Dreadstar trading cards. Now, meanwhile, I really don't particularly want to collect any of these cards, but I find I like reading about it. I like knowing about these trading cards, but in terms of I really don't want to get into collecting them because it seems like just a big mess, a big physical mess that I have to deal with that I don't want to. But I like the idea of it, you know. Anyway, um, <laughs> like a lot of things, I don't really don't want to get involved, but I'm interested in them, you know. Uh, kind of like Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, that was uh, my absorber yesterday. But today, I'm actually uh, I'm going down to my father's house. I'm, my brother's going to be there as well. We're going to watch the Super Bowl. And I have a, a spot in one of those uh, football pools, so who knows? I may win something. That's about as much gambling as I ever do. <laughs> I don't even do it. My wife buys these boxes and these friends of friends pools, you know, which is completely random. It's not, there's no... You know, you know how it works. Super Bowl pools. There's a there's a grid of ten by ten, so there's a hundred spaces available, and then you choose a box, and then the uh, the numbers zero through nine are drawn randomly for each team, and then you get you win if the last digit of the score matches that. So it's it's very much just a it's random, but of course, like seven seven is much better than like five five. You know those are. 7-7 seven, seven is among the best. 5-5 five, five is amongst the worst. Because of, you know, American football, how the scoring works. It, some, What do I have? I have like 9 and 8, which is not great. <laughs> not great. I mean, it could be like 9 to 28. You know. But 19 isn't really that easy to get, right? 19? Yeah. I don't... Yeah. So, anyway. 29? Eh. I'm probably not going to win. But anyway... It, it adds a little dimension of, of fun. It, this is the Super Bowl 2023 between uh, Kansas City Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles. I'm definitely rooting for the Eagles. Um, yeah. Can I write down the word Super Bowl in my notes? Yes, you can use the word. Everyone's so paranoid. You have to call it the big game. You can't use the word Super Bowl. <laughs> They've scared everyone off. Oh, if, you, if, you, if you say these magic words, Super Bowl... We'll sue you. Why would you sue me? Why would you sue me by... You're not allowed to talk about it. You have to call it the big game. The game that must not be named. You know. This is this is like the Voldemort of sports. I mean, what the hell? Anyway. Um, so, uh, I'm going down there by three, but it's it's not even one o'clock yet. So, I'm going to stop by this place called Marcade. I have not been there. Yet it's Marcade. Where? What town is it in? I think it's in Parsippany. Why do I think everything's in Parsippany? Wait a second. Let me look this up. Where is Marcade? Uh, it's past Dover. So probably from where I am here, it's probably about twenty-five minutes down the highway here. Um, but I've never been. It's it's one of those classic arcades. You you pay one price, you play all the games. Yeah, Marcade Family Fun Fun Center. Yeah. Where is it? What town is it in? Let's see. It is in. Do it's in Dover. Okay, so it's in Dover. All right. See, Denville, I've gone to a few times in recent history, but Dover is a little further out. But it's on the highway. It's on forty six. 
And I put it in Google Maps, and they had all these insane ways of getting there. Meanwhile, you can just you can just turn left at this light and go into the shopping center, but I don't think they realize you can do that because it's kind of a weird intersection. So they had you going all over the place on all these like weird back roads, like trailer parks and stuff. Like, what the hell is going on? And then from there, to get to my father's house, I have to like take back roads down to Route 10 and then 10 to 287 and then the normal way. Let me just see, because they have video games, but I'm really interested in the, uh, the pinball machines. Let's see what pinballs they have. Come on. No. This doesn't work on the phone. Oh, it does. Okay. There we go. Pinball machines. All right. Let's see what we got. Baywatch, Blackout, Checkpoint, F-14 Tomcat, Firepower. I like the, I, I mean, Blackout I definitely like. I've played that one in arcades before. That's an older Williams, right? Firepower 2, Flash. That's always a good one. That's, that's sort of the dawn of the new pinball age in 79. Funhouse, Joker Poker, Jokers. I like that one. That was in my college game room, Jokers. Kings of Steel was also in my college game room. Love that. Maybe it's the same machine. Hey, you never know. Pinbot. Pinbot is a cruel, cruel pinball machine. Very cruel. But I love it. Raven, great game. Sort of a female Rambo. There's, there's use, like a physical helicopter device on top. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Roller games and Sorcerer. But Sorcerer is coming soon. Any of the other ones? Jokers is off the floor. Oh, no jokers for me, I guess. Oh, well. Any, any more? I think that's it for pinball machines. But, uh, yeah, that's good. I figured, yeah, it's like $10 for an hour playing in that place. So we'll try that out. <laughs> what is this? Another, uh, another story about Gene Wolfe, sci-fi's most enigmatic writer, in case you missed it. Yeah, I've been... I've been uh, blazing through those books. I'm like halfway through the second book in the uh, the Book of the New Sun called um, Claw of the Conciliator. Man, great great stuff. And I don't know if that uh, I don't know if that if those books were in this reality as, as of more than a few weeks ago. I feel they were sort of merged into our reality. I actually looked for it in the in the Barnes & Noble. I found it. Uh, there's, there's a book that has the first two books. Shadow of the Torturer and Claw of the Conciliator. You know, my whole theory that reality is being manipulated and things are being inserted into the past, but with the purpose of making the world more interesting as opposed to any more nefarious purpose. Because editing the past could seem pretty scary. It is a scary concept. Let me see if I can have some of this king cake coffee. Mmm flavored black coffee all those wonderful chemicals that taste like things yes. alright so I'm heading down to Marcade I'll let you know how it went play some pinball check it out alright Bonzo Dog Doodah Band yeah I forgot I actually added all of the uh, Bonzo Dog albums and that song is called Look Out There's a Monster Coming Look out, there's a monster coming. And it's weird because that song was previously, it's also in another compilation. In the Think I'm Going Weird compilation. Uh, that one Bonzo Dog song. So weird. Anyway, I am here at this shopping center that I've never been at before. And there's this big sign that always says Cinepolis. Right? Cinepolis. Like, like a, cinema, a cinema metropolis. Right? 
and uh, I, I'm always annoyed because I can never see where this place is. It was a movie theater that apparently shut down a few years ago, and I did check it out on Google Maps, but now I'm finally going to see Cinepolis in, in person. Wasn't that the name? What was that thing? Cinetropolis at uh, the Foxwoods Casino that I went to once up in Connecticut. The Cinema Rides place, yeah. There it is, Cinepolis. You can't see it from the highway. It's shut down. So I'm finally going to see Cinepolis. But there's a there's an accent over the E. Cinepolis. Like, how do you say it? Cinepolis? Cinepolis. Cinepolis. Anyway, it's probably a good movie theater back when it was open. I think I think they closed for uh, for COVID or something. Yeah, here it is. Oh, there's even like wooden wooden panels boarded up. We're open. What does it say? We're open. We're getting a facelift. I don't think this place is open, man. Cinepolis, and their logo is like a five-pointed star with uh, made out of strips of film. <laughs> they're saying they're open. They're not open. There's a bunch of cardboard boxes inside there. What the hell? Very sad. Shut down movie theater. But finally, I've seen it. And to the right, over a little crest of a little hill, one of the classic New Jersey brick garden apartment buildings. I don't think they make buildings like that anymore. I used to live in one of those garden apartments. Brick building apartments. Very, very depressing. In kind of a good way. Kind of not. Anyway, i got to figure out how to get back on Route 46 now. And uh, we're going to get on over to the Marcade. But I figured I finally saw Cinepolis. Oh my god, I'm so happy. Oh, it's been years. I mean, what the hell? The sign is still up. You know? Cinepolis. Apparently there's another Cinepolis somewhere. Can I go this way? Yeah, no. Hmm. I don't know what the... I don't know how to get... No, I, I think I'll just get to the light up here. Get back. There's a woman carrying a lot of pillows. I guess she's going to return them to home goods. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been to this uh, shopping center. Mar Morris Hills Shopping Center. Nothing that exciting here, now that the Cinepolis is gone. The, how about the Great Wazoo Deli? What, what, was that, what was that Great Wazoo thing? Do not enter. <laughs> oh my god, there's like, this, this, this place is like a maze. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> Do not enter, please. Okay. Where, where was that going? Oh, I guess that was going, okay down there. Anyway, I will continue on the road. Alright, I'm here. Here's the Marcade right there. Oh my god, I'm so excited. This is such a cool strip mall. This, like the I'm at the edge of the parking lot here. There's like a chain link fence. There's, there's like a section of concrete wall, then chain link fence and sort of a hill going up to the back of some industrial building. There's a tire up there. There's like an office chair over there by the side of the parking lot is such a cool place and uh there's a uh this kind of a dumpster thing over there uh where they they collect shoes and clothes i guess it's to contributions and there's someone inside like emptying it out it's this is a wild scene here yeah i didn't mention on the way over um on that uh what used to be this big junkyard right by where bloomfield avenue and 46 meet where i went to get a tire that one time i blew out my tires that whole that whole reality blam incident, whatever I've talked about that many times. There's now this massive apartment structure going uh, there. I hadn't seen before. It must have gone up fairly recently. Kind of reminds me of a down on Twenty Two, 
what used to be Bowcraft, the beloved like uh, little theme park place, is now one of those giant apartment building places. Pretty wild stuff. Anyway, I'm here at Marcade, very excited. Oh, and, I, and I, a little bit down the highway there, I uh, I saw a place called Buckin' Up, and I'm, I couldn't figure out what it was. Buckin' Up, like what is that like? Some sort of weird new exercise instead of like jazzercise. It's like Buckin' Up, but no, it it's a dollar store. It's a Buckin' Up. Everything in the store is one dollar and up, which could pretty much describe any store that had at least one thing for sale for a dollar. <laughs> Buckin' Up, get out of here with Buckin' Up. Anyway, I'm gonna go in, play some pinball and uh, video games and what else yeah we're gonna figure it all out wow was this on the list I don't remember roller games this is like one of my favorite pinball machines of all time rock and roller games the machine is in rough shape though but check it out this is the uh, this is the machine I would have wanted in my basement if I had to get one pinball machine, it would be this one. But this one's in bad shape. Devastating. I remember, didn't um, Escapist know someone that used to work on this show? It was a show around 1990. A lot of stuff today is about is around 1990. Oh look, Crazy Eddie commercials. They have vintage commercials on, on a TV set too. Cool man. This was this was like uh, the game. M- remember that company was making those. Uh, there was it a far sight pinball. They kept ad- asking which what's your number one requested. I kept requesting roller games for years. They never made it. Great game. I'm gonna look around and see if there's any uh, particularly good video games to play. Oh, they have a Dragon's Lair, but it's uh, broken. I'm trying to see. There's certain games that I'm gonna be very. Oh, Baby Pac-Man, that's always good. It's the ha- this is pinball. It's half, half Pac-Man, half pinball. A wild game. rare game. It's also pretty beat up. It's a good one. Well, look, next to this one, Zookeeper and Kicks. Nice. And Jungle Hunt. But it's actually Jungle King. Before they got sued, because it was too much like Tarzan. Oh, I gotta play Jungle King. Yeah. <laughs> 
baby Pac-Man. This game is wild. There's like no, there's no uh, power pills. Maybe you have to win them in the pinball game or something. I know it's very loud. And the pack, the video part of it is like really shitty graphics. Is this 84? Why are they saying 80 or 81? That's weird. I mean, Pac-Man Jr., of course. When, Pac when, the, when the baby Pac-Man's a little bit older. Uh, that's a much better game. That's a great game, actually. Alright, I lost. I didn't even get a high score. Oh, well. Wow. Kaido kicks Zookeeper and Jungle Hunt, or Jungle King. Well, Jungle King is one of my favorites of all time. Yes! I love this game. I used to love playing this back in the day. I got sued because it sounds too much like Tarzan. Where are the apes? I think the apes are on the, when you go through one, one time. You gotta be careful, you might jump too fast in this zone. I think they had one of these at, at the drug fair in, when I used to go there to play video games. You gotta be careful not to drown. I need air! Let it go over you. Don't jump, right? Yep. See, you learned that the first time through. I mean, come on, did they never sued Carol Burnett? Or maybe they did actually. Save the woman being lowered into the pot by the evil natives. 
Love this game. There's so many other games to play, I may need to abandon this one. Alright, we'll play a little bit more. I'll pause for the moment. Alright, well, I suppose I always have to play Gorf when I see it. It's a great game. Like multiple games in one. Bad news, Space Cadet. So these games are all from about 40 years ago now, right? So like, the young people of today that are about 20, this is from like 20 years before they were born. So it would be like, for me, something that was like from like the 1940s. <laughs> That's how old these video games are to the young people of today. Apparently the home versions didn't have the Galaxian scene because someone got sued. You notice a lot of lawsuits related to video games. Gorfian robots. Oh, there's a Tempest over here, too. We almost bought a Tempest for our dorm room. It was only a hundred bucks back then. Oh, I know that was a lot more money back then, but still, a hundred bucks for a Tempest? Maybe it was that exact Tempest. This place is really cool. See, see I'm sure the rents are a bit lower out here in Dover. Because it's... It's out... Like, New Jersey is sort of like... Whoa. I lost. Um, yeah, like New Jersey is sort of like the rest of the country sort of smooshed into a small space. So here, we're, this is sort of like the Midwest. Or this is like the Iowa of New Jersey. <laughs> There's a lot of great games here, really. I mean, Star Wars Arcade, you know, Millipede. But I need to play Kings of Steel because this game, I think they did have this at, right? Wasn't this the one they had there? I could be mistaken, but I've always loved Kings of Steel. And there was another game using the same board as Kings of Steel. This is a Bally Midway game, but it was, um, was it called Tiger Rag or something? And they made it for like the Brazilian market. Let's play some Kings of Steel here. this game. It's a pretty simple game. Yeah, like this is like 
really not, it's in bad shape. Yeah, it's sort of like um, these games, you need, you need a lot of, um, you know, maintenance on them. And this one really needs some work, Kings of Steel. See what else we can find here. Ooh, the, the floor is all wet. I think they were mopping the floor. So we're here in Dover. I, I remember my girl, my college girlfriend, Erin, her family lived at, down the highway a bit in Mountain Lakes, kind of a rich town. And they referred to this town as Dover Rico because there were a lot of uh, Latinos living here. It's not very nice. Ooh, Gapless, this is a good game. Tron. Nice burger time, tapper. Sorry. Hmm. There's going to be a birthday party up here, but they have Eagle. That's kind of a cool game. And Rally X. Cubert. These people play the game forever. Yeah, there was a kid playing a Blackout. He's like, why is this game so difficult? I hate this game. I know, pinball can be frustrating. But do they have pinball? I didn't even see. I gotta play Pinbot if they have it. Oh, what a frustrating game Pinbot is. One of the cruelest pinball masters out there. They had this in our college game room. Blackout and see how bad this game is. The kid didn't like it. Alright, I'm done. Played most of my hour. Yeah, once I was playing Blackout from 1980. I just, that was a game I played. I played that for about 20 minutes straight. What a great, I was getting a real pinball fix from that game. I was just doing four-player games against myself. What the heck is that? Atari 2600 Donkey Kong on a TV set? Wow. Oof, I'm getting, like, flashbacks. Not good flashbacks of that one. Anything else good at this shopping plaza? It's not overly cold today. I think it's in the 40s. Mavis Discount Tire, Jersey Mike Subs, TJ Maxx, and Home Goods in One. Wow. 
Master Kang's Taekwondo shop right. It's a wild place. I, I love, I love this. It's, it's sort of a, it's hard to describe, but like, back when I did a lot of, you know, that, what I called zoning or storm joining of going on those weird random adventures using the number 209, this, I think probably it's close to the concept of a liminal space that uh, this parking lot with the old rusted fence and the little hill going up to the industrial backyard. They're still doing stuff over there. Wow. What are they doing? Oh, they're, they're dropping off uh, stuff. Look at that. That office chair over there with a backpack. It's wild. I love this little spot. This is so cool. It's a wild scene over here. It's kind of overcast. Now, I have no idea how I'm going to get out of here. i got to navigate the whole way. Somehow, I'm going to get onto Route 10 from here. And then I just get 287 from there. But Yeah, man. This is uh, going pretty well. Yeah, that blackout was a really great game. I, it's because it was in pretty good shape. And it's like a really well-designed game. I never really played it that much, even on the emulator. It was never released in any of the commercial emulations. But I used to play it on PinMame, which I, I don't even have set up on my computer anymore. Um, i got to set that up, I suppose. All right, let's, let's see. What random song will we get next on my new improved thumb drive? see what comes up. It's so annoying. It has to boot up. Why does it have to boot up? Why can't it just come on instantly? You know what I'm saying? Just just come on. Don't boot, have to boot up. So this is Path Through the Forest by the Factory. We'll see one random song here. Oh, De La Soul. Peace Parge. Oh my god, what a great song. I love this. Maybe my favorite song in the album. Rock him and Dela. Dela? Those punk kids, man? Buddy was a good song. Plug one, plug two. In the pot, peace, porridge in the pot. They use the F word, though. Listen, you're going to hear that word in some old songs. Nine days old. My name, my name, my name is the pasta. I like, I like, I like the real thing. There's some kind of vague music in the distance. Did you hear it? Did it stop? Can't tell. So yeah, I, uh, I navigated, went back on 46 East and then took like Rockaway Road. And then it was a bunch of twists and turns. I would never have been able to figure it out if it wasn't for the phone. And got on Route 10. That's kind of a cool stretch of Route 10. I, I'm not, really not familiar with it. It's a commercial highway, you know, with businesses on either side. As, a, as opposed to like a 287, which is an interstate that doesn't have businesses on this side. But I'm telling you, this is what it's all about. Just drinking coffee, driving around New Jersey highways, and going to various strip malls. <laughs> There's something, it, it, again, it has that kind of quality to it. Again, it's a cousin to the term liminal, but it's it's a certain type of aesthetic that I've always quite appreciated. And uh, now I'm at another strip mall here. I think it's called 
It's called 100 Marketplace. Is that really the name of it? I think it is, 100 Marketplace. And uh, this is a place called Greens Natural Foods, which used to be called Dean's. They changed the name to Greens. And I'm going to get some food for the Super Bowl. Some vegan stuff, of course. My father's vegan as well now, so. My brother's not, though. He can eat meat and stuff and dairy if he wishes. Well, I could eat whatever I want if I wished it, but I do not wish it. Was that, was that from Star Wars? Her Majesty wishes it. No more commands for today. Oh, no, how did it go? Her Majesty commands that you take her handmaiden. No more commands for today. Her Majesty wishes it. Okay, come along. Yes. So I was thinking about of kind of a vague topic. I know I've dealt with it in the past, but it has to do with landscape architecture and signage, right? Signs for, like, businesses or, uh, you know, stores or whatever that have some sort of landscape architecture feature that is sort of like there's a sign, but then there's also plants planted around it, and there's rocks and... You know this kind of landscape signage? I thought it would be a cool thing if people... And maybe it does exist, but like people could like become fans of landscape signage. Or should we say landscape architecture signage? That might be a, b- a better way of saying it. Right? And then they could like sort of create like a... They could t- start talking about like, like what the, where the best ones are. You can go on road trips to see these various signs. You know what I mean? I wish I could. I wish I had more like good examples of it, but um, I thought that would be a cool thing. Like the people would be really into it. <laughs> See these vague thoughts I have as I'm driving around. I like having vague thoughts while I'm driving around. All right, now I'll go to grocery. Hey, it's later on after the big game. Driving home now, it's raining. 10.21 p.m. So, yeah, it was kind of a bummer of a Super Bowl overall. I mean, I was rooting for the Eagles, and they lost, and it was kind of a... It was 35-35, and uh, there was this questionable penalty call that kind of ended the game in Kansas City's favor. So, 38-35, final score. I did not win anything. I guess my mother-in-law won on some other pool, but yeah, on this pool, nothing. I was watching all the commercials and stuff, and really there was almost nothing of interest uh, in the commercials one way or the other. They all were like really bad, but not bad enough to really comment on. I guess the only slightly interesting one was that they they had, um, I guess M&M's like did this publicity stunt that their animated characters were too controversial and they hired Maya Rudolph and then I'm not really sure exactly what happened like her ad was bad so they brought the characters back I, I, I don't think I saw all of that but if that's the most interesting thing there's a problem with these commercials now come on there was of course the obligatory like Scientology commercial of course I, I, I really 
at this point, I don't know how they allow something like that on, on a national broadcast, but I guess technically, I don't know. And then all the Jesus commercials, this has been going on. Uh, there's commercials for just for uh, Jesus, you know. The one I one the, one of the ones was like "Love Thine Enemy," which is, uh, you know, I, I mean, I do kind of like the idea that hey, if you're a Christian, you're supposed to love everyone, not just certain people. So even people you consider your enemy, you need to love them as well. But they're still a bit creepy. Yeah, the halftime show with Rihanna was. Uh, not good. It was it was poorly done. It was very boring. I wonder driving right after the Super Bowl is are there going to be like alcohol checkpoints? I did not drink a single drop of alcohol today, so I should be fine, I suppose. But it's a little nerve wracking. Anyway, um, yeah. So the Super Bowl overall was just kind of dull. It was kind of a good game, I guess, but uh, yeah, it just was not. There's, there's a certain tone to the commercials, like a certain kind of humor. Like there was one for, I guess the big thing this year was all the electric cars. They're trying to push. They're trying to make electric cars like a big thing now. There was one where this get this dad forgot like a binky and. It was just like a huge production of him driving uh, back to get the, I guess, like a little pacifier or something. And like the level of humor of that, I don't really get it. It's like, it's not funny. It's not fun. It, it was just like uh, ponderous. Uh, almost all the commercials were like that. I mean, the commercials, there used to be some creativity I don't know. It's just really bad. But anyway, eclipsing the Super Bowl, I think by a lot, for me at least, this news came very horrible. Celebrity death. De La Soul's True Goy the Dove, dead at age 54. The news just broke. During the Super Bowl, I think. I can't believe it. He was only 54 years old. Plug two. I can't believe, as I was saying, they're about to have a moment where their music is finally coming out on streaming. And uh, and Plug 2 dies. He, he was known as Dave recently, not True Goy the Dove. But uh, Yeah, such sad news. The guy is so young, younger than me. Can you imagine? So sad. He never got to see his music on streaming. I don't know the cause of death. They, they haven't released it as far as I can tell. Um, it's so sad, though. I really, I was, you know, I really think that them getting on streaming, I think people will realize this is not just another part of the history of rap music or whatever, but the, these three albums are just incredibly unique and important part of our cultural, a cultural milestone. And, uh, yeah, really, really sad. It's just so ironic that I usually don't even record on a Sunday, but I was recording today because of the dream I had this morning and then, you know, the road trip I went on, you know, the pinball and everything. 
his name was uh, David Jolico. That was his full name, David Jolico. Anyway, that's what's going on here. The night drive home. Yeah, I opted... You know, when I'm at my father's house, I usually get to 287 via Pluckerman, which is a... I really don't know if it's that far out of the way, but the other way is just... I've, I've gone that other way so many times. It just gets annoying after a while. This this way is a little different. And here's that really cool uh, strip mall. The Fresh Market. That used to be A&P, one of the first supermarkets I ever went to. And the Buxton's, the restaurant, used to be over there. <laughs> many, many years ago, Buxton's. But yeah, this was... Uh, interesting spot Pluckham in New Jersey anyway but it was good hanging out with my father my brother also got to play with the two his two cats Leo and uh, Shadow that was fun got to play with the cats a little bit anyway that's what's going on here in uh, Pluckham in New Jersey Kind of a bummer of a Super Bowl, but I feel really bad for Joe and Carrie that the Eagles lost. And also the way that they lost. I mean, it it was a, a very questionable penalty of holding. And it really, I mean, that was like game over at that point. Pretty much game over because they were able, they got a first down and they were able to run out the clock and then kick a field goal. It was a pretty short field goal. You know, Eagles had to, one final play, like a Hail Mary that didn't work. Uh, anyway. Oh, yeah, I was, talk- I was talking to my brother about, um... Hold on, Schley Mountain Road, okay. The two mountain roads I go by. Hook Mountain Road up on 46, and then Schley Mountain Road down here. Right turn on red after full stop. Okay, we'll do a full stop here. Um, yeah, like this, the news of, first there was that Chinese balloon, right? And, uh, now they're like shooting down all these weird unidentified flying objects that are like cylinders and octagons. And I'm not really sure what this news really portends or portrays. All right, let's get on 287 here. This is a weird entrance to 287. Nice. But it really, it's going from a Chinese balloon to more sort of implying that there's like, maybe like UFOs involved or something. So all of the chatter about first AI, all the AI stuff lately, and then now all these unidentified flying objects they're shooting down. The mainstream news is getting a little worrying in terms of uh, where this stuff is all going. You know, I've talked extensively about disclosure as a theory that they finally tell us what's really going on in the world. And how that's a moment that will change everything. And that uh, 
usually, in my th- my theory is that every time that this happens, they branch the timelines. So there's a timeline where the disclosure happens, and then there's a timeline where disclosure doesn't happen, right? So they can <clears throat> track or preserve both realities. So I don't know, at this point, like, do I, like, as each individual person, do you, can you choose which timeline to go on, or does your higher self choose which timeline, or perhaps you go to both timelines and you just run both, both copies of yourself? I don't know. I mean, I think disclosure world would be, I mean, it would be really cool at first, because it'd be this influx of all this new information. But I think uh, if it's a full disclosure, a lot of the stuff is going to be very disturbing that we find out about this world. Anyway. And it kind of, you know, this kind of disenchants everything, uh, the, the main things that make this world you know, worthwhile in some ways. It's like disclosure would be a thrill, but then after the initial thrill, it becomes kind of uh, a bummer because you would then find out about, and this is just all conjecture on my part, but you find out about all the other worlds that exist uh, out there that can be accessed uh you know, not through interstellar travel, but through interdimensional gateways. You also would find out about all the different types of life forms that live on those worlds. And um, you would, I think, uh, become very dissatisfied with being a human being on Earth, and you would want to be one of these better entities on a better world, right? And the idea might be that, well, since you are ultimately a higher being that's sort of incarnated as a human that you would have the option to switch over and live on one of these other worlds. People, I think, would want to just drop out of the human thing and go to those other worlds, you know, which... And I do believe that, again, this is all such so much conjecture, but I do believe that um, this, this world has is important and is unique and is uh, what we have here is um, a treasure. It's, too, it's a truly a treasure what we have here. But at, it, when you throw disclosure in, it kind of really ruins the whole thing. It ruins what makes this world tick, really. Right? There's really after disclosure, everyone will just want to get out and abandon this place. You know. And those that can't, or whatever reason, it's it's gonna it, it, it's gonna really ruin this place. I think. So, you know, I don't know. I guess that means I'll go on the timeline where disclosure doesn't happen, or I could. This whole theory could be just completely false, and I know that's probably more likely. Anyways, from Route 287, 
not raining anymore, I don't think. At nighttime here. Just uh, enjoy the rest of the drive. Let's see what kind of music we get here. Random. What do we got? Ooh, from the uh, the Music 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 album. Money by Mobius. Sounds like a good song. Wow, very haunting song. This is not the Pink Floyd money, or is it a cover of that? I don't know. Nice, nice random choice. Hey, it's the next day now. Home from the drive. Had a nice, good night's sleep. It's the next day now. But uh, yesterday, uh, wow, what a strange... I mean, this is a weird one. I, I have to describe this to you. Um, going on the Drudge Report, I do, I do go there to get news uh, out of habit. Uh, one of the articles on the page yesterday, and and still there today, and today being Monday, February 13th, 2023, uh, right there in the middle column, New Jersey restaurant bans children. And I, I, I saw this come up in one of my other feeds as well. No kids allowed. New Jersey Italian restaurant bans children under 10. So I'm looking at this story. I'm like, well, who cares? It's just one restaurant, whatever. Then I saw the name of the restaurant. Nettie's House of Spaghetti, a restaurant located in Tinton Falls, New Jersey, is banning children under 10 from dining in their establishment. So they're basically saying between noise levels, lack of space for high chairs, cleaning up crazy messes, and the liability of kids running around the restaurant, we have decided that it's time to take control of the situation. Nettie's House of Spaghetti. So, um... You know, it, I mean, it sounds like kind of a kind of a mistaken move. I don't know if you if it's really good to do that. I mean, I think that's part of the restaurant business, dealing with figuring out how to deal with this sort of thing. Um, but anyway, who cares about the story? It's a na- it's national news about this restaurant, Nettie's House of Spaghetti. Now, if you are a devoted scholar of the overnightscape, you might recognize the name Nettie's House of Spaghetti, right? And this is so weird. This is like freaking me out, okay? Because Nettie's House of Spaghetti is related to the Weasel Village Mall, which does not exist. Let me take a look at the map here. So basically, yeah. Um, Way back in the uh, the 80s, I came up with the idea of the Weasel Village Mall. It was a... um, at the time, it was sort of an infinite mall that goes on and on. If you may recall, a few weeks ago, I talked about there's a role-playing game about an infinite mall. Was it called Green something? If you, if you go back in the show notes, you'll find it. Um, and then also, people around the world seem to have the same dream about this giant sort of infinite mall, this mall world. But anyway, I, uh, I did... Uh, my music under the name Little Frankie Nora in the 80s, and I did a compilation album called Welcome to the Weasel Village Mall, and 
my brother John did a an illustration for it, which was kind of like a weasel inside a uh, shopping mall, right? And then over the years, I've developed the idea a bit more about this mall that exists in... Uh, it's a shopping mall that you might go to, and there's rumor, always rumors about how it exists in multiple dimensions, right? And so I, as I was developing the story, and I developed the story, I, I, you know, there's been episodes of The Overnightscape. I have done many, some telling some stories of it. It's really like sort of a, a mega frivol in a way. It's not really uh, something that I'm, I have on my uh, to-do list to pursue, but it's, uh, you know, it's this idea of this shopping mall in, a, in another dimension that where, um, right, people think that you might be able to go into into the lower levels and somehow find your way into other worlds that all the versions of the Weasel Village Mall are connected. This is fiction that I made up, fiction. I know I talk a lot about a lot of conspiracy theories and stuff as if it might be true. In this case, this is purely fictional that I made up, right? It's a story I made up. And I even sort of started combining my night station concept of a dark ride in a shopping mall with the Weasel Village Mall. I, even in one of the stories, I talked about the closest mall um, in our world to the Weasel Village Mall would be uh, the Raceway. What is it called? Raceway uh, Freehold, right? Freehold Raceway. Why can't I? Raceway Mall. Freehold Raceway Mall. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it had it like Raceway Commons or something. No. The Freehold Raceway Mall was because there's a raceway near there um, or a former raceway. Uh, so I, actually one of the stories I, I did was actually one of the characters came into our world at the Freehold Raceway Mall because it was the closest mall to the Weasel Village Mall. But years ago I looked at these maps, you know, aerial maps of New Jersey, and I think originally I did want to uh, place it in Colts Neck, New Jersey, which is uh, – Kind of a weird area of New Jersey. I would always go to this place called um, Delicious Orchards in Colts Neck. Sort of a unique, uh, you know, sort of grocery and farmer's market kind of place. So I figured I would put it in, in, in Colts Neck. There's just a fictional, right, a fictional idea. So looking at the aerial map, there is this military base um, in Colts Neck. And um, in my stories, I talked about how in this reality – the military detected these interdimensional signatures and built a military base on the grounds to study it, right? Again, pure, all this is purely fictional, made up. None of this I'm trying to say is true in any way. Okay. <laughs> I know the nature of this show. I need to reiterate that. So anyway, later, again, this is we're talking about over the course of decades, you know, I looked at a satellite image of Colts Neck and that military base, and there is a garbage dump, right, on the corner of uh, Shafto Road and Asbury Avenue, right? And if you were to look at this garbage dump from from high up, it almost looks like it could be a shopping mall, right? So I'm like, wow. The idea is that, like, instead of manifesting as a mall, it's still manifested as something in this reality, and it manifested as this garbage dump in roughly the same shape as the property of the Weasel Village Mall in a nearby alternate reality, I've talked about all this on the show. And I talked about how I wanted to go 
down here. I haven't really been, I have not been down here to drive past it. I thought it would be cool someday to go down and drive past, you know, where I set the Weasel Village Mall in, um, in this reality. Right, if you look at the, the nearest corner, which is Asbury Avenue and Shafto Road, there's one business there. And I, and I have said on the show in previous years, oh, I'd really like to go to Nettie's House of Spaghetti because it's right across from the Weasel Village Mall location, which is a garbage dump in this reality, but in another reality would be the Weasel Village Mall. I talked about Nettie's House of Spaghetti, and I've been wanting to go there. It's related in my universe to <laughs> – in the overnightscape world, it's, it's been mentioned and is related to the Weasel Village Mall. And I thought it was a funny name, Nettie's House of Spaghetti. I, I don't know, really know what kind of restaurant. It's just some sort of random restaurant called Nettie's House of Spaghetti. Right? And that's basically uh, – that's it. That's the whole story, uh, that it was uh, this utterly random restaurant. And the only significance it had is because it is right across from the place I designated as where the Weasel Village Mall is in this reality. Out of millions of restaurants or hundreds of thousands of restaurants in the entire United States, this restaurant is now making national news with their no kids policy. Is that even news? I don't even know. Who cares? If you have kids, don't go there. There's a million other restaurants to go to. What do you want me to, you know? But this is now, so this is so bizarre because what are the chances that this restaurant, this is freaking me out because... You know, the Weasel Village Mall is supposed to be fictional. I know, it's just a, a synchronicity. It's a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. Nettie's house is spaghetti indeed. Let's see. Where's the rest? Let's see. They have, let's see if they have anything vegan there. They probably don't. Marinated olives? Uh, maybe. Whipped butter ricotta? Ricotta? <laughs> Ooh, they do a V, a v symbol. <coughs> v equals vegan. Oh, look at that. Yeah, they have uh, pickled vegetables. Spaghetti with marinara is vegan. I, I uh, Yeah. Wow, I could get some stuff here. Anyway, they're now nationally famous as the, as the place that banned kids. That is so wild. Yeah, definitely kind of freaking me out. Yeah, I was quite freaked out yesterday. And look at that garbage dump. It does it really does look like the shape of it, kinda like a shopping mall. Yeah. Well maybe by you know, I there's a... what was that old website? CCRU. It was it was an attempt to employ hyperstition, as they were calling it, which was the idea that you can alter reality by writing about stuff. Like if you makes up stories that you can actually make them real. It's called hyperstition. And I think the website itself was completely fictional, but they were trying to make it into something real, like a, a real kind of cult or a real kind of conspiracy theory or something. I don't know if that's still around, but maybe all of my writing about it is sort of, could it be making the Weasel Village Mall real in some way? No, it doesn't make any sense, but yeah, that was quite, I mean, as far as weird incidents go, that is weird. Because I, I really wanted to go with the three weasels to Nettie's House of Spaghetti. 
in fact, I had a whole plan. We were going to go to Nettie's House of Spaghetti, um, that Bellworks place, and uh, and also to the uh, the Hindenburg thing. But I didn't realize at the time you have to you have to apply to go to the Hindenburg uh, memorial site because they have to do a background check on you because it's it's another military base. There's a lot of military bases in New Jersey. Anyway, maybe I will go there eventually. That's wild. Weasel Village Mall, yes. And in, in my fictional r- version, that it was originally a pet store that was selling ferrets but calling them weasels, and they had a weasel village in there. And then it developed into the Weasel Village Mall. It, it almost sounds like something that could be true, but it's compl- I made it up completely. It's just a fictional in, uh, invention. Weird. Yes, very weird. Anyway, I think I understand more the M&M's commercial, which, again, as I said last night, was, you know, the most interesting thing, which is not interesting at all. So apparently, I'm trying to figure out the story here. I guess some people online had been calling the animated candy characters woke. Uh, and so Eminem's like, we don't want these woke characters. We're going to fire them and hire Maya Rudolph to be our new our new spokesperson. I remember I remember seeing the story, but it didn't really seem like well, whatever. I who cares? So uh, the ad with Maya Rudolph, I guess she used to be on Saturday Night Live. She changed the product to Maya's instead of M and M's, and they're chocolate covered clams. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's really funny or interesting. <laughs> and then, because her clam idea was so bad, they decided to bring back this, the candies. Uh, great. <laughs> really, it, it seems like kind of a botched publicity stunt. I mean, it would make me... I mean, they don't have vegan M&Ms anyway. But anyway, it would make me less interested. This whole thing makes me less interested in M&Ms, not more. It just seems really stupid and a waste of a couple million dollars. I mean, obviously, I'm I, I'm talking about it. I guess that's what they want. But it's just because nothing else in the Super Bowl was particularly interesting. Anyway, that's the story of that. It's very – like everything about the Super Bowl is just very depressing. It's just a big bummer, you know, <laughs> the whole thing. Chocolate-covered clams, really? That's really funny. All right. So yesterday at the uh, Greens uh, health food store, I actually got a, a, a beverage and a snack for review. You know, review items, I, it used to be a big thing on the show, but, you know, there just hasn't been as, I think it was that 2008 vague financial crash that sort of, there weren't quite as many products out there. But these are pretty cool, though. Um, I have a can of this. And this is, th- these are both very dreamlike products. Uh this is uh, Upstate Elevator Supply Company uh, CBD-infused soda. And this is African ginger and Mexican lime CBD soda. It's a dietary supplement made in Vermont. It says, find your Upstate. That's a pretty good name. I like the name Upstate Elevator Supply Company as a beverage company. That's a good idea. That's right up my alley. Find your Upstate. Six milligrams of highly fast-acting, highly bio... Six milligrams of super fast-acting, highly bioavailable, nano-encapsulated CBD. Uh, yeah. 
Let's see. Here's what it says on the can. Upstate Elevator Supply Company products are crafted in Burlington, Vermont, using natural ingredients. Not intended for use by minors. This product and statements have not been evaluated by the FDA and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Let's see our website here. Do I have to type it? UpstateElevator.com. Okay. Because I, I saw a few other flavors, but this was the most interesting one. But I think they had other CBN, maybe. Let's see. So, like, they're elevating your mood, but it's also kind of like it could be like an actual, like, industrial elevator supplies. UpstateElevator.com. This feels like the kind of product that I'll, that I'll see once and then never see again, you know. Let's see. What do they got? So they have uh, other flavors. They have Caribbean green mango, sparkling fruit water, also Brazilian passion fruit. Uh, oh, they have a bunch of CBD products. Okay, not just uh, CBD plus, or sorry, CBG plus CBD strawberry tangerine seltzer. I may have seen that one. They have CBD gummies. Okay, so they have a lot more products, but the canned sodas are just one of their product. Let's see. Beverages. Okay, let's just focus on the beverages, shall we? Yeah, yeah. There's also a raspberry hibiscus lime seltzer and black cherry lemon seltzer. Okay. I don't know, six milligrams. I mean, I've, I've been taking quite a bit of CBD lately, so I don't know how much six milligrams is going to do for me, but it's still good. It's still good. And then as for the snack, we have the Viana Spicy Snack or Veggie Snack to Go, premium organic plant-based protein. So this is a, a vegan sausage snack, kind of reminiscent of like a Slim Jim or something. Hmm. Inspired by traditional European cuisine made in Germany using artisan cooking methods. Imported by Tofu Town, North America in Charlottesville, Virginia. Wow. So this is like a German sausage and that's vegan. I hope it's vegan. It's in a plastic wrap, but it looks just like a, like a sausage. Anyway, let's try this stuff out here. I like having review items. Yeah, you know, the other the other day I think I took too much I think I took too much C B D because it was uh it was only six milligrams of THC, but then it was probably something like hundred and fifty milligrams of C B D and I really it like knocked me out. I basically was unconscious at that point. Hmm. <laughs> Pretty tasty soda. Nice. I do like it. It's actually a good flavor. Mmm. Good stuff. I forget how much it was. $25 for a six-pack? Uh-huh. Yeah. As usual, everything on all of the cool stuff is horribly expensive. All right. Open this plastic wrapper of this sausage. Ooh. Smell smells very good. It smells just like a Slim Jim. Because when I was a kid, I used to eat Slim Jims. Snap into a Slim Jim. So is this the closest thing ever? It, but it doesn't have that sort of like animal skin wrapper that Slim Jims had. <laughs> this just looks more like, like a long, thin hot dog that's a little darker brown. Mmm. 
She also had the mild version, but who needs that? I need the spicy version. This is quite good, actually. Mmm, yum, yum. This is very tasty. Sausages, CBD sodas, good stuff. <laughs> it has kind of a. It has a smell. It smells just like Slim Jim. The taste is all. It's like a. There's it, almost like a tofu taste to it. Mm. Viana. The artisan, what does that mean? They make it by hand. Like they roll these sausages by hand. I don't know. Mmm, yum, yum. Pretty good, though. Pretty good. This is a great snack break. Mmm, yum, yum. Yeah, it goes, these two things go really well together. In fact, the combined taste, it reminds me of weird, like the weird smell of old furniture at my grandparents' house in New Brunswick. Yeah, something weird going on there. What the hell is that all about? You know, like the old furniture smell? I think it's, I think it's more from the uh, upstate. Is African ginger tastes like furniture polish, perhaps? I don't know. Good stuff, though. I like it. Anyway, I uh, stumbled across another uh, musical mystery. Um, you know, one of my favorite movies ever is Repo Man from 1984. And uh, the soundtrack album was released, but a bunch of songs that were on shown in the movie were not on the soundtrack, such as uh, Rum Boogie by the Andrews Sisters and uh, what were some of the other ones? Yeah, C.C. Ryder by uh, Louis Armstrong, uh, Milk Cow Blues by Almost Famous Figures, and a bunch of songs by the Juicy Bananas, which I know the Juicy Bananas were just, like, made up to do music for the movie, but then there's this song called Happy Animals by Big Race or The Big Race. Kitty, what's the matter? What's going on, Kitty? Kitty, you already got your food. Anyway. Um, this song I started researching is I, I it's played in one scene when he's on the when uh, Otto's on the bus you know getting off the bus, happy animals. But it looks like this song was also made for the movie and was never released in any form uh, else otherwise else else elsewise otherwise is elsewise a word? That sounds elsewise. That sounds like a good word. Let me let me type that in elsewise. Uh, that means you 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 could be wise of the elseness of the universe, sort of like a subgenius elf, <laughs> elf wise. No, else wise. Ooh, it is an actual word. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it's a real word. Else wise in British English, it means otherwise. Well, hey, there you go. I also was interested in in the British slang uh, ta. Right, we'll get back to happy animals in a moment, but because um, I was watching the Tomorrow People, I, and I'm going to talk more about the Tomorrow People. It's such a great show. Um, because um, Ginge 
he's sort of like a like sort of like a biker that's friends with the, the Tamara people. He's at like a um, an amusement pier, and he gets some tickets. He's like Ta, and uh, George Harrison in A Hard Day's Night says Ta as well, and apparently that means thank you, Ta, and it's something that it, you know I, I've really never heard anyone say it. Let me see if I can find that um, the scene in A Hard Day's Night. Right, he he's there with that guy. The guy who's like, of course they're grotty, you stupid git. No, I won't. That's such a great scene. And he gives him a cup of tea. He goes, ta, well, at least he's polite. Let me see if we can find it. What else does he say? Don't breathe on me, Adrian. <laughs> right? Let's see if we can find that scene. Ta. That's great. Instead of having to say thanks or thank you, just say ta. I like that. It's like, it's, it's less work, you know? You don't look like him at all. I'm trying to think of where that scene is in the movie. I'm just going to click randomly until I find it. No, it's, it's before that part because that's when Ringo goes out, gets in trouble. And it, it, in, in, the, in the pub, the woman's like, that'll be 2 and 9. It's a 209 in the movie. You're a bunch of sissies. Hold on. Let me pause while I find this. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Hold on. Hold on. Does he say ta? Such a great scene. Like, this scene really just is... There's so many great scenes in this movie. It's one of my favorite movies ever. But it just it has so many, so much great stuff in this scene. Now, there you are. Oh, sorry, you must have made a mistake. No, you haven't. You're just late. Oh? Actually, I think I'd be very pleased with you. Really? Yes, you're quite a feather in the cap. Hello? I've got one. See, I think the context of this scene is, if you don't know, is that uh, there's a TV producer that's looking for sort of an actor to portray the typical, like, youth of the day, you know, sort of the, the the long hair and kind of the attitude, not realizing it's actually one of the Beatles, you know. Oh, I think so. Yes, he can talk. No, well, I think you ought to see him. Yes, all right. <clears throat> Come on. Sorry. see many of these nowadays do you? It's a weird sculpture but there was something on the wall almost like a circus poster let me see was it was it the mr kite poster i don't know yes he can talk of course like of course he can talk he's a human being is not that that was earlier in the movie yes all right hello this is a great movie to get obsessed with this is on the same level as repo man really very quotable hughes mcgreedy yeah, it is kind of. Eh, it's not the Mister Mister Kite one though. You don't see many of these nowadays, do you? I wonder where that sculpture is now. Simon, will this do? Oh, not bad, darling. Not really bad. Turn around, cheeky baby. Oh yes, yeah, 
Yes, he's a definite boss. He'll look There's another enough. copy of the poster right. in the background there. Wow, interesting. I mean, Jim, this is all going to be quite painless. Don't breathe on me, Adrian. <laughs> don't breathe on me, Adrian. There seems to be some sort of misunderstanding. Well, you can come off it with us. You don't have to do all the old adenoidal glottal stuff and carry on for our benefit. I'm afraid I don't understand. <laughs> oh, my God, he's a natural. Well, I did tell him not to send us real ones. Well, they ought to know by now. The phonies are much easier to handle. Still, he's a good type. We... The phonies are much easier to handle. I'd like you to give us your opinion on some clothes for teenagers. Oh, by all means, I'd be quite prepared for that eventuality. Well, not your real opinion, naturally. It'll be written out and you'll learn it. Can you read? Of course I can. I mean lines, Ducky. Can you handle lines? Well, I'll have a bash. Good. Give him whatever it is they drink. A cocorama? Ta. Ta. At least he's polite. <laughs> cocorama. <laughs> Is that like a slang term for Coca-Cola? It's like, uh, give me any road, give me a Coca-Rama. Think so. Ta. All right, I, I went way too far back. Hold on, hold on. And that pose is out too, Sunny Jim. Hold on, let's go back. I mean lines, Ducky. Can you handle lines? I'll have I'll a bash. bash. Good. Give him whatever it is they drink. A Coca-Rama? Ta. Well, at least he's polite. <laughs> Show him the shirts, Adrian. <clears throat> And this this word he's going to say grotty was completely made up by this the uh, screenwriter. You know, it's not a real word, but it was sort of an example of a fake slang term. Now you'll like these. You'll really dig them. They're fab, and all the other pimply hyperboles. I wouldn't be seeing dead in them. The dead grotty, grotty. Yeah, grotesque. Make a note of that word and give it to Susan. It's rather touching, really. Here's this kid trying to give me his utterly valueless opinion when I know for a fact that within a month he'll be suffering from a violent inferiority complex and loss of status because he isn't wearing one of these nasty things. Of course, they're grotty, you wretched nit. That's why they were designed, but that's what you'll want. I won't. You can be replaced, chicky baby. I don't care. And that pose is out too, Sammy Jim. The new thing is to care passionately and be right-wing. Anyway, if you don't cooperate, you won't meet Susan. And who's this Susan when she's at home? And that must be another Turner phrase. Like, who's this Susan when she's at home? I don't really understand the origin of that phrase, but it sounds good. Only Susan can be our resident teenager. You'll have to love her. She's your symbol. Oh, you mean that posh bird who gets everything wrong? I beg your pardon. Oh, yeah, the lads frequently sit round the television and watch her for a giggle. In fact, once we all sat down and wrote these letters saying how gear she was and all that rubbish. She's a trendsetter. It's her profession. She's a drag, a well-known <laughs> drag. You turn the sound down on her and say rude things. Get him out of here. Have I said something you miss? Get him out. He's knocking the programmed image. Sorry about the shirt. Get him out! Who's that other guy in this scene on the right? He's a new phenomenon, do you? You mean an early clue to the new direction? Where's the calendar? Oh, no, 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 it's all right. He's just a troublemaker. The change isn't due for three weeks yet. All the same, make a note not to extend Susan's contract. Let's not take any unnecessary chances. Hmm? <laughs> what an amazing scene. Who's this Susan when she's at home? <clears throat> Let me see if I can find anything about that. Let's see. I found it pretty easily. Who's blank when blank's at home? Colloquially, who is that person? Primarily heard in the UK. Robert De Niro. Now, who's he when he's at home? 
Never heard of that actress before. Who's she when she's at home? I didn't know that. A humorously emphatic way of asking someone's identity. British. 1991. Joseph O'Connor's mother. Mothers were all the same. The old lady said to tell that to Yuri Gagarin, but the hostess just giggled and said, Who's he when he's at home? <laughs> so you learn a lot from the Beatles. Who's this Susan when she's at home? Good one. Anyway, so we have Repo Man here, and uh, happy animals. Let's start here at this point. It happens sometimes. People just explode. What have I done that to? Gasoline? Two of the best movies ever made, Repo Man and Hard Day's Night. I had both on VHS back in the day. Yeah, sometimes people just explode. Natural causes. <laughs> they're great movies because they're so quotable they're just great Otto and Kevin in the rain, and Otto's wearing that Chinese hat. Oh my god, is that really, is that 820 or 920? I think it's 820, the number there. If it was 920, I'd really freak out. I don't know, how did I never notice that before? Yep. French fry maker, That's absurd. Yeah, well, I think it's funny, huh? There's fucking room to move as a fry cook, man. There's fucking room to move as a fry cook, man. You know, I could be manager in two years. King. God. That's 820. I had this wild fucking dream the other night. It was with you and me, and we were working in this sleazy shithole motel down in Miami, Florida. And we were bellhops. We were 65 years old. It's so real. And then what? You woke up in a puddle? And then what? You woke up in a puddle? Fucking jerk. Where are you going, asshole? Away from you. Here we go. Happy animals. Personally, yay, for I walk with the Lord. Amen. But anyway, that's all we hear of the song, and that may be all that's ever been released to the public of that song. I really need to do some research on that. That's uh, pretty wild. I had this wild fucking dream No. I keep missing it. It's so real. It's really, it's real. It's realistic. And then what? You woke up in a puddle? And that guy, Xander Schloss, the, the actor that played Kevin, eventually uh, joined the, uh, <coughs> the Circle Jerks, the band The Circle Jerks, right? Yeah.
Someone has to have that song, the actual song, Happy Animals. Somebody just, why can't they just release the entire soundtrack, everything from the soundtrack? Oh, it's so annoying. I want to hear the whole song. Like, remember that song from that uh, religious movie, Rock is Your Decision? About how rock and roll is, like, so evil. And uh, there's that song. The new and better land. There was even a huge thread on uh, Reddit about it, and people were searching and searching. No one could find that song. Kind of like the most mysterious song on the internet, which I do play on the other side from time to time. Right? That's another good song. Yet no one knows where it came from. I love all these mysteries. Once they're solved, they're not interesting anymore. But once they stay, if they stay mysteries, they're still interesting. Yeah, that most mysterious song goes, Like the wind, you came running. No one knows exactly what the words are. You take the consequence of leaving. Check it in, check it out. Sun will never shine. They're a long way away in the subways of your mind. So today's episode is called No Gravity. And uh, for the show art, I uh, I took a screenshot of my uh, my Windows laptop here. Because I've been playing a lot of Shis... I can never say this. Shisen Show on PySol. Now this this game apparently was originally released as a um a video game in in uh, an arcade video game in Japan um let me see, let me find the year yeah from um oh, same that company Urgh, i just had it hold on i'll, I'll find it cuz it's it's in mame it's in mame we'll, we'll find it this way shisen show but it's interesting cuz it did originate as an arcade game um and I think it was... Let me just see. Shisen Show. <laughs> Shisen. Yeah. Uh, by Tamtex in uh, 1989. Shisen Show. And let me see. Like, it uses the um, <clears throat> Mahjong tiles, right? Hold on, let's, let's see if we can get this going. So, anyway, so it's part of a genre of Japanese arcade video games where you basically want to watch like a cartoon women get undressed. And it's a Japanese thing, right? So they have a ton of just essentially Richi Mahjong games. This is using Mahjong tiles. Probably inspired by um, the Mahjong Solitaire, such as uh, was an early version was called Shanghai, right? I think it was from Electronic Arts, from the, I maybe or Activision. Anyway, this was sort of a based. So this is originates in '89, and it was kind of based on uh, a somewhat simple, simplified version of the regular Mahjong Solitaire because there's everything's on one level. And you can make matches with drawing a line with up to two changes in direction, right? Anyway. It's this whole Japanese thing of 
seeing naked ladies by playing mahjong is it's it's a whole it's just their own thing. Pretty creepy, but anyway. Yeah, this is the usual uh, Shisen show. Shisen show. It's a tongue twister. Anyway, that's where it originates, but uh, I've been playing it a lot while doing other things, like while I'm listening to my audiobook of uh, the Book of the New Sun. I'll play Shisen show because you don't have to really think too much. It's a fun thing to do. It doesn't really require much thought. Like if I'm playing Magic the Gathering, I have to think more. Or even some of the other solitaire games, you have to think more. This game, it requires a part of your brain that doesn't really affect you understanding what's being said. So this, it's a good game to play while you're on the phone or whatever. So, um, as you can see from that screenshot on today's show art, um, <clears throat> you see exactly what it is. The program is called PySol. It's a fan club edition, and it's a Shisen show. No gravity, 24 by 12, and I'm using the ivory regular size ivory uh, tiles. <clears throat> so, you know, when you mouse, when you put your mouse over the, the programs on the bottom bar, it shows you a little preview screen of what's going on there. And I thought that that particular game of Shisen show that I was playing looked pretty interesting. So I took a screenshot and zoomed in. And so you can see uh, <coughs> actually behind the full screenshot there is the actual screen. So you see one of the titles, like the, the the two dot tile. I really do recommend it. It's free. It's a free game. Excuse me. Why am I why am I yawning? Maybe maybe it's the elevator drink. Uh, anyway, you see some of my some of the uh, icons on the bottom there, such as uh, BattleNet and I think Foxit PDF Reader, the uh, MP3 merge program, the uh, task manager, PySol there, MAME, uh, LibreOffice, Epic Game Store, and the Realtek audio console. When you plug your headphones in, somehow it detects it, you know. Anyway, um, so, I, so I just used uh, an old Overnightscape logo using the font Permanence, which is based on the... Uh, cover of the book Future Shock, which was a variation on the Amelia font, right? Anyway, that's the story with today's show art. And I'm just calling it No Gravity because it because with Shisen Show, right, you can play a version where the tiles fall down when you, when you remove them, but it has a different rule. The, di the rule in the gravity version is that any tile... You can match it horizontally or vertically. Uh, it doesn't have to use that three match thing, and it kind of ru ruins the game for me. I f I feel like it needs to have this exactly the format I'm talking about. And I mean, you could do a smaller one, <coughs> a smaller one, but I feel like this larger one is is perfect because it uh, it gives you a lot to do, you know. And it usually is winnable every time. See, I'm playing it right now here. Yeah. And you can right-click to see where the matches are. And yeah, here, here's two uh, West Winds I, I matched. But what does no gravity mean? I think that no gravity can be interpreted a couple ways. I would say, first of all, you could say no gravity, everything just floating around. It sort of feels like, as I was mentioning earlier, with the world, the 
the the news of UFOs and artificial intelligence have it sort of feels like things are flying flying away and nothing's and everything's sort of getting very random and right there's no gravity anymore holding things in place that's a bit of a stretch that's one way of looking at it but i think a better way is like is no gravity is to sort of remind us that right things can seem pretty heavy and pretty grave you know uh depressing and whatever but there's also this sense of lightness and joy and fun out there and um you know you could say that it's just by focusing on the you know the gravitas of things so much we're like again kind of like those overarching theories of remember the secret and the law of attraction and even what i was talking about earlier hyperstition uh to uh <clears throat> you know like write stories and it becomes reality like or that there's two wolves inside you and yeah that whole thing um the one you feed is the one that yeah look that one up that's kind of tiresome but anyway so if we can sort of remember the the uh the fun no gravity kind of kind of tone of life it might help things to go like that again it's very weird it's 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 very vague but that's the story behind today's uh, episode title, No Gravity. It's later on on the porch. Making a lot of progress on that house across the street. They're flipping. Got a punch cigar here. So, yeah, uh, you may remember last episode, I believe it was, that I uh, was waiting for my, my plunger to arrive. I had to buy a two-pack that my uh, my main level uh, toilet was plugged up. It's pretty nasty. And you need a plunger, right, which is a a tool that just sort of can push and pull stuff that's in these pipes to clear the clog. And uh, so, like, just the water pressure is not enough to do it, but the plunger seems that it can... You know, you need a plunger. It's one of those things. It's a very simple technology. It's like a piece of rubber on a stick. But if you don't have it, what else are you going to do? It's very hard to solve this problem of a backed-up toilet. So I ordered it for same-day delivery. I had to buy two in order to spend the right amount of money to get it same day because I wanted to solve this toilet problem. So, uh, you know, they said it would be delivered between, uh, was it 5 and 10 p.m., I think was the, the window from Amazon. And so I'm waiting and waiting and waiting, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait till I get this plunger so I could just fix the toilet. It's so annoying. <laughs> so getting on towards about 9 or 10 o'clock, I see, uh, yes, it will now be delivered by 8 a.m. <laughs> They're like, you can cancel this order, this and that. So, you know, I guess the Amazon system doesn't always work. But I didn't realize they have this new window, delivery window, 4 to 8 a.m., they must hire people for that early shift. That sounds like a much better shift. You go to the warehouse like 3 a.m. and Like you're just in the middle of the night driving to people's houses, dropping things off on their porch. Probably need like a flashlight. It's a wild scene. But anyway, uh, I woke up and uh, saw that it was delivered. First thing in the morning, like 6 a.m. or whatever, I saw it was delivered. I think I got up early. It was like 5.30 or something. I think I, think I got up real early, like 5.30 a.m. So I looked on my uh, video doorbell camera and saw that they dropped it off at 4.50 a.m. Plunger delivery. 
Listen, you know it's the future when plungers are delivered to you at, at before 5 a.m., okay? It's the future. So in this case, it came in a, a, a hand. It's like black plastic with a rubber main section, and, and you, you screw together the handle in two pieces, and you screw it into the uh, the rubber part, and then there's a little holder thing. It's pretty good. Um, I mean, I don't know if I have to use it every couple of years. At least I have it now, you know, that I... Th- I thought I had one, but I don't know what happened to that one. But Anyway, um, you know, like most of the water had drained out, but it was really nasty in there. Um, so I tried to use it th- that way, and it didn't really work. So I just I flushed the toilet because I have the two buttons, the lesser and the more toilet. Save water. It's like a European flushing system, whatever. I don't, it was the flipper that put it in, so it wasn't my choice. But maybe the flipper was an environmentalist one to save water. Anyway, so I, I pressed it, and so the tank filled up partially. It did not overflow at any point, which is good. A very well-behaved toilet. So I put the plunger in there, and I really just plunging, pushing in and out, plunge it up, and uh, within like 30 seconds, it was done. It was fixed, and I'm like, all right, great. And I'm like, do I have to, should I wash the, t- should I wash the plunger? So I kind of washed it off in the, some water in the sink, and I'm like, yeah, I guess you got to wash it because it's, yeah. Kind of nasty, uh, and that fixed it. That that you know, I cleaned the toilet a little bit. You know, there's a little bit of uh, remnants or whatever, but I fixed it all up. It was so great. But I, I loved getting um, loved getting the uh, plungers, and I have an extra one now. So maybe I'll put it in my attic. And if ever this, uh, oh yeah, I remember years ago I got those plungers at four a.m. Yeah, yeah, man, maybe that's in the attic. Look at it. It's the first time I've had to do it here, which is pretty good. <coughs> anyway, I was something was on my mind, and I want to talk about it. But this is not it's something that's really good to talk about. There's, I think, in our modern day, the mass media introduces ideas and. Uh, from various sources, I've sort of come to understand them as uh, something co- that, that involves this thing called dialectics. I don't know if that's really the right term for it, but not Dianetics, not the Scientology thing, but dialectics. So, right, it's the idea that, right, you're, you're presented in the news all the time with stories about conflicts, right? People are at loggerheads, is that the right word? They're, they're like the uh, what, what? What are those comic strips? The, the husband and wife that are always fighting, but they somehow they never uh, get divorced. What are they called the lock jaws? What you know? What I'm talking about the lock hearts. No, you you know what I'm talking about the guy that has those weird like lightning shaped lips and his wife, and they hate each other. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, lock hearts. The, Anyway, I can't remember at the moment. I don't know. Like, I'm going to have to look this up now because it's driving me crazy. It, it, it doesn't necessarily relate to this concept. All right. The Lockhorns. Yes, the Lockhorns is the name of the comic. Let's see. Characters and story. The married couple Leroy and Loretta Lockhorn constantly argue. They demonstrate their mutual deep-seated hatred by making humorless, humorously sarcastic comments on each other's failings as spouses. Great! What a what 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 an uplifting comic strip. So let's see. 
You know, I also have a, I made a song called The Lockhorns. Remember my old little Frankie Nora music? It's like this weird thing when like over and over again. Created uh, September 9th, 1968 by Bill Host. Hurst, Host. Distributed by King Feature Syndicates. And it's still going to this day by Bunny Host and John Rayner. Uh, I guess the uh, the first host died in, uh, nine, in 1988. And then Bunny, Bunny Host. Uh, Is she the a sister or... Hmm. I'm trying to figure out like how she's related. Uh, oh, so I think she was married to Bill Host. Okay, yes. Okay, so she was born Madeline Mez. Okay. Then she became Bunny Host. So the wife took over, and she's still doing it. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, what I was trying to say is conflict, right? <laughs> Uh, so, like, news stories. Is this FedEx for me? It's also nerve-wracking when the delivery people come up on the porch and I'm here smoking a cigar. It's fine, but, you know, it's like a social interaction. It could be for the people across the street, though, not me. I don't remember ordering anything from FedEx recently. There's a secret arrow in the logo if you look. You can't unsee it. Anyway. So, the idea of uh, dialectics is is uh, is. Ah, let's see. Hey. Oh yeah, we are expecting something. Hey, thank you. Yep. I forgot we are expecting something. From the FedEx. So anyway, I think that uh, conflicts of. Uh, you know, like in politics or in philosophies, right? People, religions, like there's these big things that we really disagree on in society, right? That I think is very natural. It's part of the human experience to have, uh, I don't would, um, different, differing points of view on, on these matters, right? Who are we? Where did we come from? How should we behave? You know, how should we treat others, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a story of a conflict that is not just um, a reporting of something that actually happened, but, but it's crafted in a way that the argument or the two sides in conflict, right, um, can subtly influence anyone that's exposed to it, right? So the idea, I'm not really describing this properly, but the idea is that you present an argument or two sides that are fighting about something, right? And yet the purpose of presenting that is a third thing. It's a secret thing, right? So the example that I've used in the past is not a great example, but for example, uh, taxes, right? On on the, the, the Republican side, they're like, uh, we should lower taxes and allow the money to trickle down on the poor people so the rich people have more money to spend and the poor people can work for them. And then the Democrats are like, no, we need to raise the taxes because 
We need to create social services and the people that are dirty, filthy, rich, they can afford it. They should pay more taxes to help the people. Right? And you've heard this argument over and over again. And people hear about this argument and they mull it over and they discuss it and everything else. But inherent in both points of view is that taxes, that there are taxes, there should be taxes. It, and so it's sort of re, everyone that argues that or follows the story of the conflict, it's both sides are, well, there's taxes, so let's, do, let's lower them. No, let's raise them. But maybe there shouldn't be taxes in the first place. And that's what's being – that the third thing is to reinforce, of course, there will always be taxes. You will always be taxed, Right? That's not the best example, but it's like presenting a conflict and um, making sure that the the conflict as it's crafted is uh, both sides are agreeing on a hidden thing. So anyone that gets involved with it reads the story or talks about it with their friends. And that's the thing with these dialectics, for lack of a better term, even if people start repeating it, Oh, did you see that story about the taxes on the Oh yeah. Like it continues to reinforce the thing you want to reinforce, right? That's just one example of many. Anything that you want to in install in someone's mind, right? You create a conflict of two sides that seems like both sides are really going at it, but they agree on something essential. That's the goal. You don't really the, the whole conflict is pointless. It really is not important. It's just a hidden way of shaping the way people think, right? Now, obviously, this is a theory. It's not, but it's. I think it can be shown that this type of thing does happen. But let's just call it a theory for the moment. So, the uh, these kind of arguments that we're exposed to in the news is they're designed almost like traps, right? That. It doesn't really matter, as, as, right? It's framed in a certain way so that um, it, the more discussion about it and the more churning of the issues, the more conflicts, the more arguments people have about it, the more it's reinforcing that hidden thing, right? So a lot of the news today seems to be crafted to make these extremely honed um, dialectics that serve – a purpose, and the more controversial and the more emotional, the more enraged people get, and the more people engage with with each other. You know the whole thing in recent years. Everyone online, uh, are you a Trumper? Are you not? Are you a liberal? Like all whatever you know. There's been a lot of it, and people get are very engaged in it, right? And it, it's be part of how why it works is because of our instincts as human beings, right? Whether they're built into our DNA or part of the morphic field. Let's not even talk about that right now. We know that people, um, when you're witnessing a fight, be it an actual fist fight between two people or you're two PC, two people like arguing, going at it, it, it's entertaining, it's engaging, it's interesting, and everyone tends to pick a side. Right. Um, I think the these uh, dialectics are crafted so that about fifty it's about fifty fifty all the time. Right. Like the uh, the wishbone that never breaks down the middle. It always is on one or the other side. Somehow you just always choose a side, and then you're just sort of 
repeating. It's repeated in your mind when you talk to someone about it. It's just repeating this thing that ultimately is... And again, this is where it gets to be more of like a conspiracy theory where people are trying to shape your view of reality using these methods. And it's most likely not in your best interests. Again, what I'm trying to say here is that... uh, and, And my ultimate point here is not really... To tell people, oh, you know, try to stay out of it. Because how can you stay out of it? I mean, realistically speaking, unless you, unless you hide in a cave. What, have you been living in a cave? Have you been living in a cave the past 20 years? You know, been living under a rock, you know, people say. It's hard to, it's hard to resist this stuff. Also, I think that when we see two people fighting, it triggers something deep within us. When it's an actual fist fight, we're like, yeah, beat him up, beat him up, yeah. We become like the toadies to the bully, the sidekicks and the toadies. Yeah, yeah, beat him up. And we sort of thrill in a sadistic way to other people being hurt. Again, that is a, uh, you know, a human trait that's not going to disappear overnight, and it's in all of us. And, uh, you know, we can't sort of help but be sort of thrilled, the thrill of the fight. And egging on a bully and being like, yeah, beat him up, beat him up, you know. Now, certainly, we could, and I try to, be aware of my own process reading these articles online and stuff. And, you know, that I should not engage in this and that. But again, I'm not, it's very hard to, to get, get away from it. I do understand, I think, or I do theorize that these stories and the endless conflict we see in society is, is engineered Again, that's a theory. It's engineered and it's artificial. But it really... Um, it, it, it is applying pressure to a weak point in us as human beings. We love, conf- we love seeing conflicts and we love taking a side and seeing someone get beat up physically or philosophically or, you know, and, de- and it's a debate or whatever. We, you know, so... The, the news channels that some are on the left and some are on the right and they just constantly bash the other side and it's fun to watch if you identify with one side yeah those people suck don't they yeah yeah they suck f them yeah they suck and it you feel like a warm feeling of being part of a tribe that's trashing another tribe right it's unfortunate but and i think each of us can try and mitigate it in ourselves but i don't know that it's an, it's an easy answer. But my whole point of this is something a bit... Trying to sort of... I don't think we're ever going to get out of this particular... This particular thing is, is part of being human, right? It would be nice if people could be a bit more mellow about it all. But as I said in the past, I think a lot of this... People welcome this because it relieves boredom. It's interesting. So... That's why I'm saying that whoever's doing this are applying pressure to our weak points but providing us with a kind of an engagement and entertainment it's sort of a delish the deliciousness of watching other people fight and get beaten up and trashed and feeling that we're part of something right but this is sort of all a background to make the point I'm trying to make which is that uh, those M&M candies were and I barely saw these articles they're like computer animated like cartoons of M&M candies right 
I've seen the commercials. There's that M&M's world in Times Square. Actually, I, I took footage of it in uh, the Inramble back in 2008, the giant video screens with the characters and stuff. And I don't know if some of the characters were supposed to be woke in some way. The term woke, wokeness is sort of like the new version of political correctness, you know. Um, so that's why they did the whole thing with Maya Rudolph, then they brought the characters back to sort of riffing on it. But I feel like um, all of the, uh, the the stories online about, specifically about the wokeness and about, you know, putting people in, you know, making people as, oh, you're, you're, you're putting people into groups, making them other, right? And I don't even want to wade into the, 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 the hell, the swamp of this topic, because as you know, there, you'll see headlines like uh, drag queen story time at local school. And it's just sort of like, that's one of those stories. The more, the more you engage with it, the more you talk about it, like whatever that third thing they're trying to instill on in you. And I do think that there could be something else going on here, right? And this may be related to those that are at a high level of power could be all in a, for lack of a better term, a religious cult that has certain rules, right? And if you could get someone to look down on a certain group of people, oh, those people suck, you know, then it's okay for you to look down on them. You see what I'm saying? It's like sort of an as above, so below thing. So like if if you can get someone to be hateful, then you can hate them. If you can get someone to hurt other people, then you can hurt them, right? You see what I'm saying? That could be an actual law of the cosmos, or it could be just rules within their arbitrary cult that they're in, right? But the idea is that you can't justify doing bad things to people unless you can get those very people to do bad things to other people. You see what I'm saying? And these stories encourage people to feel um, hateful towards groups. And I don't care what side you're on. If you're on the left, you sort of, oh, those those MAGA people, they suck. And if you're on the right, oh, these, these woke liberals, you know. It's just dismissing a group of people, dehumanizing people, othering people, right? And that's a part of it that I don't know if that's really a part of it or not. But again... The one rule of thumb I, I'm thinking about is that uh, if you're encouraged in a news story subtly to look down on a group of people, it's not like you're this great person that can choose who you want to hate. No, that's an attack on you trying to make you hate other people or to make you uh, make judgments about other people. That's completely, in, in this theory, it's completely an attack on you. It's to do something against your better interests, right? To sort of push you, push you into this situation where you could choose to not engage, you could choose to not hate other people, whatever, but you're doing it anyway. And yes, it's fun, it's engaging, it relieves boredom, right? But yet you're indulging in something that is quite demonstrably wrong, right? But it's like entrapment. It's like they're setting it all up. It's like a, what do they call it, like a honeypot, you know? So in a roundabout way, what I'm trying to say is 
all this churning nastiness all around us, right? Even if we can't, we can't really get away from it, we can't help taking sides, but just take a step back. And this is what I'm trying to suggest, okay? Um, follow the basic golden rule, right? I, it may be more than the golden rule, which is do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, but basic, basically compassion, kindness, forgiveness, patience, right? These things, right? If, if you just push aside all that other stuff, it's all churning around, all this stuff, and be like, listen, I'm a, I'm a human being, and I know life is difficult, and everyone is facing these different struggles. No matter how they're exaggerating or blowing up, this group to this, this group to that, just, just try and as a meta observation above all that have kindness and compassion again patience forgiveness those kind of things as a higher ideal right so I don't know if I'm describing this properly but this shouldn't be that difficult because People that are religious are, on the one hand, taught that in Christianity, for example, Jesus Christ, who has his own commercials now in the Super Bowl, uh, the, the philosophy is be Christ-like, be kind and compassionate and forgiving, right? And be nice to each other, be excellent to each other, right? But it does seem that, I mean... Every angle is used in these dialectics, so religions seem to become hotbeds for um, indulging in bullying and uh, in targeting certain groups of people based on really flimsy, uh, you know, um, scriptural <laughs> arguments, in my opinion. But again, let's not talk. About, let's, not, let's not descend into the fray. I'm just trying to say that I personally, just at a gut level, feel that it is imp- that those ideals, trying to be kind to other people, you know, is important and would be at the root of a successful society. And so if in all the, in the latest wokeness stuff, which whatever, I'm not even going to get into it, but if it's at all uh, making you lose compassion for certain people, don't. That's why that, that uh, the Jesus ad, which I know people that are against religion are horrified by those Jesus ads and everything. And, but they say, love, love thine enemy. Or why don't you say, love your enemy? Thine is not a word anymore, okay? Thine, T-H-I-N-E, that's not a word. That word's been canceled. Don't want to talk about cancel culture. Let's cancel those old words, okay? I'm just trying to say that this is a very simple thing, right? We all know, no one can say, oh, I don't understand what you mean, being, be kind and compassionate to other people. Yes, it may be boring, but you know it's the right thing to do. So never, ever let 
the churn of this nastiness in this world, which is part and parcel of the fabric of this world. I understand that. And no one can really achieve pure compassion or pure kindness, but just to hold it as an ideal to try and to hope that everyone in the world, everyone in the world, has a nice day and is muddling through in this life and rather than make their life worse, you want to make their life better in whatever little way you can, right? That's what I'm trying to say. So, I don't know if I've expressed this idea properly, but Remember, every single person, if you think, oh, this group is horrible, they suck, they're evil, they were all little babies at one point, very innocent, and they got to where they were through some series of events, indoctrinations or whatever. And, uh, you know, especially people that are really hurting other people directly. I'm not saying you shouldn't try to stop people from hurting other people. You shouldn't. You, You should try to stop it, but you shouldn't hate them. You should not look down on them, you know. You should be compassionate towards them. And that's kind of where the love your enemy kind of thing comes in. And uh, I think think the question comes in terms of, whereas I feel that I, I embrace the ideal, I would like to be kind of compassionate in all cases I know I can't be I know I'm, I'm not going to succeed 100% but that what would you call the philosophy of holding an ideal as a standard as a as, as a uh, an aspiration even if you can't succeed at all times even if you can't even if you're failing at some times that basic idea. So the question is, right, I think most people have the capacity for that. I think that uh, not everyone has the capacity for that. I mean, there's a, there's a serious issue in society, which is that some say that two out of 100 people, 2%, one in 50, uh, you know, lack a conscience, right? and have nothing built in that would make them care about this issue. But I think the other 98%, at some level, you do have some kind of compassion, right? Some kind of conscience where you can understand other people by comparing them to to yourself, basically. That's what a conscience is. Is that what a conscience is? I mean, what is conscience? Let me just look that up. What's the definition of having a conscience? Here's one definition. An inner feeling or voice viewed as acting as a guide to the rightness or wrongness of one's behavior. It is a tough thing to define. The sense or consciousness of the moral goodness or blameworthiness of one's own conduct, conduct, intentions, or character, together with a feeling of obligation to do, to do right and to be good. Right? And this doesn't have to be a religious or anything. It doesn't have to be associated with any kind of politics. It's a very simple concept, right? 
and the golden rule does apply. Like you'd like people to be kind of like cool towards you, you know, and not like be mean to you, you know. If all of us feel despair, loneliness, and difficulty in this world, like we each have the ability to be the kind of person that's in everyone's ideal world, right? It's even someone that lacks a conscience could probably understand that. Um, even in terms of like, you may not understand other people's feelings if you are a psychopath, let's say, or a sociopath, whatever. But you could understand people enjoying uh, a good life as opposed to someone having a bad time. A good time versus a bad time. Maybe just that they're saying it. Oh, I'm having a good time. Or no, I'm having a bad time. Though you would, right? You, you, even if you don't care about other people, like 2% of the population may not, you could see that like more people having a good time makes a better world and more people having a bad time makes a worse world. I don't know. Is it, as I said at the start, this is a very difficult topic to talk about. I know it sounds preachy or whatever, but I'm not. it's not trying to be that way. I'm just trying to say this is just my own internal. For me personally, whenever I'm in the midst of reading these articles or hearing these stories about these people having conflicts with each other, let's just take a step back. These are all people that are engaged in various things. And no, you shouldn't not. You should work towards preventing people from hurting other people, yes, but you need to be compassionate towards everyone. You need to love everyone at some level, right? And not hate anyone. As the ideal, it doesn't matter if you can't exactly uh, achieve that degree of love and compassion in every case. You hold it as an ideal, right? This seems to be a formula for a better society. Right, but the churn is never going to end. But at least it'll help you rise above it a little bit. Er, it made more sense in my head when I was saying it, but I think you get the sense of what I, I know. I've said this before on the show, but And the one thing I've mentioned a few times, forgiveness, seems to be something very lacking in our current society with you know, a culture of a lack of forgiveness. That is the, was it the sword of Damocles, his sword hanging by a thread over you. And it just if that thread breaks, it just the sword comes down and kills you. Right. The idea is if someone does something wrong, they should not be, you know, destroyed and shunned for life in the past there was some sort of a, an arc of redemption right people could learn why what they did was wrong and feel bad about it and apologize for it and try to and try to do better in the future other than being instantly destroyed by it you know that's the whole point of forgiveness you know And when you're driving around and you see someone has their blinker on and they want to come into your lane, don't speed up. Slow down. Let them come into your lane. Right? If someone's emerging out of the highway and you see them coming, 
and you're the next person, just slow down a little bit so they have they have more room to merge onto the highway. You know, basic stuff like that. See what I'm saying? Ah, good morning. It's the next day now. Heading into New York City to go to work. It's uh, sunny and, uh, you know, it's in the 40s, but I think it's going to get almost up to 50 today, so not super cold. Though I'm sure this would feel pretty cold to people not used to cold weather. So yeah, the other night I was, uh, we were listening to some random music and this song, uh, out there by Blake Babies came up. You know, Juliana Hatfield. You walk around aimlessly, don't know what you want to do. I know it's stupid. You know that song? <laughs> it's such a great song. There's nothing to do. It's so hard to talk to you, and people never know. <laughs> Just that moment in pop music, pop rock music. And they were sort of an indie band, you know, and uh, that whole world of indie bands back then, which became the mainstream, was kind of weird, but <clears throat> I, I kind of remember a story about how they got their name, this guy William Blake. Do we know who that is? Is that like a poet guy? <laughs> Where's the internet when you need it? Oh. I don't have it walking along. I have it on my phone, but I'm not looking at my phone right now. Can you imagine a time when you're disconnected from the internet? I'm sure in the future, there'll be enough electronics on your person and around you in the environment that just barely thinking. You you know how you think about something these days and you get an ad for it? Why can't they just use that same technology to answer your your questions before you ask it? Be careful what you wish for. But anyway... um, yeah, that William Blake, whoever that is. <laughs> I don't know, is he a... I thought I knew who that was. Said that if, if he ever... Uh, he, I think he, there was a quote from him. If he ever had a band, it would be called Blake Babies or something like that. Or maybe they asked him, they met him or something, and they asked him to name their band Blake Babies. I remember being at a record store. It could have been... Uh, yeah, I can visualize this record store... And we were talking about Blake Babies. Uh, where could that have been? Maybe it was when I went up to Rhode Island. Visit my brother and his roommate, Dave Copperman, who's been on the channel here a few times. He was on Trin Crap and Blood. I think we were just at a random record store in Providence, Rhode Island, talking about Blake Babies. <laughs> it just came up in conversation. Uh, yeah, the music video is very interesting, too. Like they, They're dancing around, and then they're like cutting their hair. And uh, like Juliana Hatfield has like a, a pin, and she like cuts her finger and like uh, licks a drop of blood, and it gets kind of disturbing actually after a while. But in the comments, I said, you know, like uh, Darcy Ret- Retsky is that her name from Smashing Pumpkins? Like said that she hated that album, I'm, and they they pointed to this video. I guess it was. Uh, this uh, it was James Eha and Darcy Resky from Spa- Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, it, it said ABC, but it looked like they were filming for like uh, one of those MTV shows, like 120 minutes or something. Saying, "It's like hi, I'm James Eha from Smashing Pumpkins. I'm Darcy, and now uh, 
up next this music video. Like it was, they were filming something like one of those kind of segments, you know. <clears throat> Didn't I have that in my my failed science fiction novel? Yeah, there was a scene where there was like some sort of MTV like station in uh, some alternate reality. Well, I guess it was Rillicon's Road, and some of these superheroes were like doing one of those those things where they like one of those uh, station identification things. The superheroes from uh, was it Winter Stadium? Them? <laughs> I don't know. Listen, my sci-fi novel had such potential. It just didn't work out. Listen, not everything in life works out. But anyway, Darcy, (laughs) it's really an amazing piece of footage because she's like, I've never really heard her talk before. I hardly even, you know, I mean, I've seen videos. I like Smashing Pumpkins. I mean, obviously, a couple of their their albums and some of their songs are really, really good. You know, I think that like uh, Melancholy and Infinite Sadness was like a double CD, but with only a CD's worth of good music, kind of like, Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion. Like, if you're going to do a double CD, (laughs) do people even do double CDs anymore? Double albums? I guess they do, because, well, on vinyl, though. We're back to vinyl now. But, um, yeah, if you're going to do a double CD, especially back in the days where people had to buy another, you know, cost more, and you you had to sort of manage the whole situation, whether it was... Like, Use Your Illusion, they were two separate albums that they came out at the same time, or Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, which was two CDs in one big case, which is which is kind of a pain in itself. I had, I had both. But just kind of make sure that, you know, people aren't going to say that, wow, if you just cut out half the songs, that would have been an amazing album. And I'm, all, I'm not for, like, keeping things in the vault, but I mean just as an album, the art of the album. Right, listening to an album all the way through. Yeah, both both those are good examples of, you know, a bunch of filler stuff. Anyway, so Darcy is like, I guess her, some of the comments that her and James E. I used to go out with each other, and so they're like they're like big they're bickering, you know, and she's just she's in a very bad mood. You can tell. And he's like coming up next. Uh, Blake Babies with Out There. She's like, oh my god, I hate I hate this band. I hate this song. Her voice is so annoying. <laughs> I don't know if they were, they were trying to be sort of like the anti-presenters and like just sort of trash everything they're playing. And I don't know, but it was kind of interesting. What a moment. But just to think, like I, you know, the, uh, just the, just the, uh, the look tone and feel and the vibe of the of our cherished indie stars back then versus now it just seemed like you could be almost like kind of a regular person and dress sort of normally and be a little bit weird and have good songs and that's all you really needed now everyone's around oh yeah oh let's dress up like satan today you know everyone's like not it's not just that they're you know, like the outrageous fashions and, you know, obviously they're much more blank and vapid personalities, which is, you know, that that's a much larger problem. But, uh, but it does, it, it seems that people, the, the young pop stars of today seem very much behind this massive facade, whereas back then, I think they were able to play a little bit closer to the surface. And, uh, 
be more real. We don't know how good we had it. I mean, uh, well, it all has to do with the per- personas of those people. And, you know, if those stars were sort of like my age at that time, you know, they grew up in a different time where I think, it, you know, it really has to do with how, how much of the 20th century hell did you get sort of immersed in? Obviously, I didn't live through World War I or the Depression or World War II. I did live through the Cold War, though. So at least one in Vietnam. Well, I was born. It was still right. I was already going in '67 when I was born, but I was a little, a little young to join in, you know. Uh, but right, I was around my grandparents who did live through, through that. My grandfather living through World War One as a child. The, they both lived through the Depression. I mean, literally, he was in the war zone. My grandfather, Northern Italy. He was like a little kid. And the thing is, when you're a kid, you absorb what's around you. You have this incredible capacity to uh, take in what's around you. So the people around you, in this case, my grandparents, right, they, they don't have to say, oh my God, I lived through World War One." It's just in everything they say and do, the people they became and how they were honed through the, those experiences rub off on you, right? And uh, so whereas I had easy living, I was around people that, who didn't, and I kind of absorbed that. And my whole generation did, I think. I'm talking about my generation, damn it. Yes, Gen X, Generation X. So I kind of feel like the stance adopted by singers, right, was very much influenced by the zeitgeist, right? And so I think that time period of, I think, starting with new wave, punk and new wave, through the 80s, and then grunge, and then indie, whatever, the personalities of the people, their, like, genuine personality and their genuine persona kind of reflects, right, it's sort of hard to hide. Yes, there's some people who completely hide who they are and what they are, but in music, it's better to sort of bring yourself into it. So, it's kind of a naive bravado, perhaps you might say, to sort of uh, have a, a, a much more innocent worldview and hope for the future and express that in your singing persona. And it all has to do with how your sense of self develops through your the years you spend as a child. It's just, these days it seems to be extremely different. So, I don't know that people today bring as much of their true self to it. Or is there as, as much of a true self? Oh, I was about to say, I was very proud of these people not honking because this guy was looking down at his phone or something and the light had turned green. I'm like, wow, these people are really improving. They didn't honk at all. But, of course, one person honked. <clears throat> That's kind of, it's kind of like, uh, you know, 
what I was talking about before. You know, when the light turns green, I don't know, wait 10 or 15 seconds before you start honking your brains out. You know? But people are, are, people are on edge these days. this. It's just so surreal. I'm standing here at a bus stop in 2023 and those damn cars that stop and start again. I don't know why that drives me up the wall. I can't. I hate it when my car does that. I try to press the button. I remember to press the button every time. You press the A button and then it doesn't do it. You know, like when you come to a stop, it just turns your car off. And then when you start going, it starts it up again. I know I could get used to it, but I don't want to get, I don't want to get used to it. It annoys me. Like I, when I, even when I hear it, like someone stopped and then it, the light turns green and I go Vroom! like shut up leave the damn thing on the guy at the Honda dealership says yeah you know it, it can really give you about you know on average like an extra mile per gallon <laughs> I guess I guess that's good I don't know but it just annoys me and then my father's car also if you had it on like it would actually stall out and you, you like you literally could not start the car. And I have had it stall out at, like, in a parking lot or at a, at a light, you know. So you, I, I, he even told me. He, he, he started pressing the button. Who knew about this button? You know, and there's no way to disable it. It's, I, th- I think it's so that um, somehow the car companies can uh, <clears throat> get some sort of government, whatever, sanction for their fuel efficiency they added this thing where the car goes off when you're when you stop and it goes on and somehow the extra gas it takes to start the motor up is offset yada yada so you're not allowed to turn i'm sure there's got to be some hack to keep it off all the time but i don't know i've been leasing so i've, I've been returning it after every three three years so i can't really like hack my car it's not really my car it's like a rental car a long-term rental car it is kind of an indulgence, I suppose, to uh, to lease because you have a new car every three years. But if you just bought a car and kept it, and to the point you didn't have any payments anymore, you'd save a lot of money. All right, here's my bus. We're here, New York City, exiting bus terminal now. More honking. Forty Second Street. Interestingly, uh, Regal Cinemas they have a heptagram, heptagram inside a heptagram as their uh, logo with an R inside. You know how I like heptagons. They're very fascinating geometrically. Uh, been working on some more I'm playing around with heptagons always how they tile and how they relate to each other remember that image I created of a it almost looks like a weird monolith but it's based on trying to create a spiral out of heptagons there's a show art I did called uh, Fold your hire and a kind of a spoonerism on hold your fire and fold your hire and it shows how it all works that was right before the pandemic started too if I recall correctly 
to see where that is that the the Ripley's believe it or not museum is completely gone now yeah I guess I think that's where it was okay where, where do they put all of the the sacred artifacts they have in there the shrunken shrunken heads and also you know the world's largest whatever believe it or not where do they do they have some sort of warehouse when they shut down their locations all their unique uh, displays they must the Ripley's organization approaching Times Square I still really never was able to figure out that feeling I had that do I still have that feeling that this particular moment in time this particular Times Square right if you imagine a time lapse from the past into the future right this should be one of those frames right whatever February whatever 2023 but I felt like it wasn't part of that sequence. Yeah, I'm still getting that feeling. Like, if, it's just so strange. I, if I sort of form that thought in my mind, you know, you think about Times Square, all those footage you see of it back in, like, the 1930s or 40s, in the 1970s when it was at its worst, the 80s, and it, Disneyfication in the 90s, and... Right, and then whatever is going to happen in the future, right? Like over here, remember there, there used to be a uh, place called Times Square Brewery, and there was a huge scale model of the Concord on top. I have a picture of that. Uh, if you find an episode of mine called Foon Cosm, you'll find that picture. It was right over there, 42nd. Was it the south side of 42nd between, uh, you know, Seventh uh, Avenue and Broadway? Why wouldn't this be part of the sequence? I don't know. Just a gut feeling. This, what, is this not the real one? But there is a real one, but this is not the real one? Somehow? I don't know the answer. It's Phantom Times Square. Oh, the video screen with, with weird fluid dynamics. Blue and purple schmutz floating around. It's like a screensaver. See, those giant video screens could have screensavers too, you know. Remember over here where the H&M is now? There was that uh, Wired Magazine pop-up uh, exhibit. <laughs> I recorded in there on the show many years ago. The short-lived phenomenons like that. Hey, it's lunchtime. Look at this. The uh, plant burger place. The door is open. Uh-oh. They're working on it. They're working on it. They're working on a uh, plant burger. They still got, they still got a, lot to, a lot of work to do. It's not, it doesn't seem very close. I think I'm going to walk down Fifth Avenue, see what there is to see, maybe go to the Complete Strategist, one of those cool stores from the past that's still there. Let's 
selling games and stuff. Right, it's kind of like that. You know, I used to go there like in the 80s, you know, it's still kind of the same as it was back then. Really cool store. Oh, so I found out uh, that place, Sinopolis. No one, seemingly no one knows how to pronounce it. It's, but it's from Mexico, so it, people are saying Sinopolis, Sinopolis, something in that range, Sinopolis, Sinopolis, I guess you could say. Uh, there's one at, there is one in New Jersey. It's a little, much, a bit further out west. It is uh, in Mansfield, Sinopolis Mansfield, which is a bit south of Hackettstown, so it's way the heck out there, but I would like to go to Sinopolis at some point. It's, it looks like it's a lot like the Alamo Draft House, just the big comfy chairs, and I'm assuming you can get food at your, at your seat. Something like that. Sinopolis. I was glad I was able to see it, though. The, the closed one, that is. It's supposed to be 53 out here. It feels a little colder. Right down here was where that... that remember that place was? Uh, Mini, was it called Mini Grow? That was the best place. They had those spinach noodles. I used to get that all the time. I miss that. Spinach noodle place. Look at this Starbucks pickup. What is this? It's, it's like a, it's a new Starbucks, but it just says Starbucks pickup. And, it, and it's just like this counter. I guess you, you have to do mobile orders. That's kind of interesting. I don't think there's an actual Starbucks connected to that. Or there may be one around the corner, actually, on Library Way, 41st Street. Oh, what about that? Is, is that a... Wait a minute, is that Japanese place still there? Let's see. Sunrise Mart, is that gone? No. Alright, we gotta go take, check that out. See, sometimes you just gotta walk in a certain direction and update your mental maps of what's going on in the world. Sunrise. It might, I think it's still there, it just there's a scaffolding. All the scaffoldings are higher now than they used to be, it's a whole new thing. See, it doesn't feel so cramped and claustrophobic. Let's see if Sunrise Mart is still there, or did it shut down? Who knows? We'll know in a moment. I think this is where it was, no? Uh, yes, it's still there, okay. They have some good rice balls there. I always love that. Umeshiso rice ball. But, okay, it's still there. All right. It's just sort of hidden. All right, let me. We don't need to go there right now. Sinépolis. Yes. There's a new audio production out there called Captain Afterland that I must highly recommend. Uh, this is from the team that create, creates that series, e Edict Zero FIS. I've talked about that before on the show. Uh, it's called Slipgate 9 Entertainment. And 
Edict Zero is fantastic, and and it's and it, I think later this year they're going to finish up the series. It's like an audio science fiction series, really well done. And Captain Afterland is a spinoff, featuring this character, the Captain. But they say you don't have to have heard the rest of it in order to hear the, uh, Captain Afterland. So really, check it out. Check out Captain Afterland. It's uh, the first episode was like what, like was it like an hour, two hours long? It was very cool. It was like, uh, it's just like eccentric guy called the captain, and he finds himself in like a mysterious place. And uh, it's sort of, you know, sort of cyberpunk, sci fi, et cetera, et cetera. It's hard to describe, but it's, it, it's created in a completely create under the Creative Commons, no advertising. It really sort of has a similar. Um, attitude as us on the Overnight Escape Underground. And the team that makes it, I think they're mostly based in Britain and Europe. Uh, I also highly recommend Edict Zero FIS. That's a really great series. Check out Captain Afterland. I think you'll enjoy it. Another news is a new uh, beverage out called Starry. Uh, I don't know if it's available yet, but this is Pepsi's new take on a uh, Sprite or 7-Up. Apparently they had Sierra Mist, and this is in some ways the replacement for Sierra Mist called Starry, S-T-A-R-R-Y. But I guess it's supposed to be a major new lemon-lime soda. I'm going to keep my eyes out if I can find it. It says they're trying to attract Gen Z with this new beverage. Starry. I guess you could look at it and and pronounce it Starry. (laughs) Starry doesn't sound so good, though. Give me a cup of Starry. (laughs) Maybe maybe that could become the new thing, though. Hey, give me some Starry. No, it's Starry. No, it's Starry. This rhymes with Larry. What's going on here on Fifth Avenue? Wasn't there... There were some stores I thought... Like that... Oh, the Astro Gallery is over here. I think they're going to open one in uh, the American Dream Mall. The Astro Gallery of Gems. They have like fossils and minerals and all sorts of things in there. Yeah. It's warm in the sun. Can I... Wait... Am I getting confused what's, of what street? Maybe I'm thinking of... Maybe it was on Madison, that other place. Yeah, I think it was on Madison. I'm getting all confused. Listen, I haven't been here for a while. What do you want? But there was a Chipotle down here I used to go to. But I think it, it was especially extra depressing. I really loved it. Is it still there? <laughs> I'm getting disoriented. An extra depressing Chipotle. It's a great place to have lunch. Yes, the Astro Gallery of Gems. There it is. Buy some rocks. If you're looking to buy rocks of various sorts. Crystals. It's a place to go. I'm not in a very crystal mood at the moment, so maybe I won't go in there. Very sunny out here. 
So I, I looked up the Smashing Pumpkins as I was talking about them earlier. And uh, I guess uh, a lot of the original members are back in the band. Jim James Chamberlain maybe and James Eha the guy I talked about they're back in the band after a long time uh, apparently Darcy Redsky they're try- they tried to get her back in the band but she just apparently things just aren't working out in that way but they have a new album out called Autumn A-T-U-M I wouldn't think to pronounce it Atum but they say it's pronounced Autumn what is this? Portable Lights where they're making movies over here? I think they're making a movie Um, so Autumn is a is, is, is like a concept album it's a rock opera in three parts and uh, they're releasing them 11 weeks apart each part I think has 11 songs I may be mistaken on that but uh, November 15th they released part one I didn't even hear about it I'm not a big I mean I like I like Smashing Pumpkins but like you know the greatest hits I mean I'm not a huge fan of the deep tracks and part two just came out uh, about two weeks ago. And part three is coming out in April. So I was listening to it. And, you know, I really want to like it. I like the idea of a, of a, of a rock opera triple album. It just sounds like... Listen, I know I should listen more, but it sounds like the more boring tracks on, on Melancholy. I, I, I'm sure there's more going on. I, I, I just, you know... It's just... Uh, kind of hard to get into it just all feels kind of bland but I'm going to try some more here is the Pret-a-Manger I don't know maybe should eat here I don't know I've not eaten at this place in ages but I don't know they've become rather vegan hostile in recent years but this is the prime of the lunch time so Slide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. This place used to be so good. Uh, everything is vegetarian but not vegan. Falafel and hummus wrap, that's my only choice, seriously. I don't think I can go. I can't go for that. Yeah, this place is, yeah. But they do have a meatless meatball wrap. Roasted veggie harvest soup. Yeah, no thanks. I will uh, find... I'll find something else. I'll find something else. So, uh, apparently Autumn, when it releases as a physical box set, will contain 10 tracks exclusive to the physical release. And uh, I was glancing at the track listing, and one of the songs that's exclusive to the box set is called Zope, Z-O-P-E. I'm like, what the hell? That's the name of my comic strip character, Zope. I know there's also a a programming language that's called Zope. But anyway, I was really, I, I doubt there's any connection to my character, but who knows? Maybe he read Zope comics back in the day, Mr. Billy Corgan. Who knows? I, I couldn't find any additional context as the song isn't even out yet. But <laughs> his song called Zope. The heck's going on? That's wild. Kind of freaked me out. 
Apparently there's a kind of fish called Zope as well. Z-O-P-E. I, I always feel bad that I didn't continue with Zope. But listen, what do you want? <laughs> it's tough to continue with your creative pursuits. You have to let some go in order to have other ones go. Go further. Yes. THC store. Smoke, vape. Great. Exotic drinks. So when that comes out, I'm going to check it out and see if there's any connection to my, my comic strip character. Probably not. Stopped by the complete strategist. Yeah, I browsed around inside. Nothing particularly caught my eye, but it's good to see the place is still there. Figured I'd come over here to Park Avenue and head up and go to uh, the Brooklyn Ramen, the Japanese, and the other another Japanese grocery. It's a Katagiri, I think. That could be a good lunch. Maybe get a rice ball if they still have those. Could be a good one. Good lunch. In this part of uh, Park Inn Avenue, I don't really walk. I don't walk this way too much. This one's also covered with a scaffolding. 33rd Street Uptown, Uptown Only 6 train? Interesting. Yeah. good to go for a little walk. Alright, I got my rice ball and I got my ramen and I got a Japanese beverage called Mort Morta Mate Maver Hojio Cha Xza I have no idea. This is a green tea. Anyway, sitting, I'm actually sitting in the sidecar seating area by the ATM vestibule, one of my favorite seats. Remember, I tried sitting over here last time, but there was a homeless dude staring at me. It really freaked me out. But this is like reliving the past, even though that past is gone, man. Well, the lunch was uh, adequate. The ramen's not as good as it used to be. And I asked a guy for hot. He didn't put anything hot in there. I think he was distracted. It looked like they were making some sort of corporate order, like a mass amount of ramen on a huge table they were making. So, uh, yeah, I also got a vegan donut, a donut plant on the way out. I'll have that a little bit later at work. A donut for later. See? been eyeing those vegan donuts for a while. But yeah, things just, you know, things do feel different than before. I'm trying to relive my uh, <clears throat> depressing lunches from the past. And they're just lacking, I guess that they're lacking that substance. Is it, could it really, like, I know I came up with that word absor absorby I was talking about earlier. But is that kind of like the substance that we're looking for, is absorby wandering and finding interesting things? And the aesthetic of it, right? 
I was getting flash flashes while walking around of memories or visions of other times and places walking around a city, maybe as someone else. It's very hard to describe, but... Yeah. But yeah, this current scenario, obviously this is after the pandemic, New York has quite changed. It's a different world. Every day is a different world, but... Day after day, the worlds are fairly similar. But yeah, it just doesn't feel quite quite the same. But, you know, hey, no one guaranteed it was going to be the same. Things change. What the hell was that? Some sort of nasty berry-flavored uh, vape that was vaping walking by. Yes. We shall keep moving forward. There's always more Absorby somewhere else. Heading out. Now on streaming in Prime's Somebody I Used to Know, Alison Bree plays a TV producer who returns to her hometown after a setback and reconnects with an old flame who is now engaged in an attempt to dot 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 to changing it. Nature can help prevent ills. I love reading the news on the elevator. It just lasts a few tens of seconds and then it's done. It's kind of groovy though. Oh, it's Valentine's Day today, February 14th. When I was younger, I used to think that today was a day like where interdimensional travel would be a bit easier. I tried. I never succeeded, as far as I can remember, to travel to other dimensions. Because it, like, uh, that Duran Duran lyric. You've gone too far this time. And I'm dancing on the valentine. Dancing meant interdimensional traveling. It was like a euphemism. Valentine. Valentine's Day. It's a bit of a stretch. But listen, I was young. What do you want? I I wanted to to have interdimensional travel powers, don't we all? What's cooler than being an adolescent in the 80s and having weird delusions about interdimensional travel? What's better than that? Come on! What the hell's going on with this 2023? This feels weird. Right? It just, like, 2023 feels different in some way. Did history run out? And they had to switch over to another system or something? I don't know what's going on. I wonder, you know, like me from the 80s, if I stepped through into this 2023, what would I think of it? 
you know? I don't know. It would look, it would look, uh, not futuristic enough. It would look too similar to the 80s, right? The cars, of course, look different. They're much taller and more bulbous shaped than 80s cars. There's no, the cars aren't like flat anymore. They're like they used to be in the 80s. The cars would look different. Right. Uh, what about fashion? I mean, that's something we don't really think about. Like, the way people dress. I don't know that... I, that's something I really can't sort of estimate. Like, what my younger self would think about the way people were dressed. I guess there would be a slight difference. Are people dressing more casual walking around? That's hard to say. Uh, you know, and I think in terms of design, I mean, is there a difference in design? The skyscrapers, there's a lot of new skyscrapers, a lot of new buildings. Again, I think there's slight differences, but it's just weird that they're... Like, if you, if you compare, like, the 1930s to the 1980s, like, there's a lot more difference, right? Or, or the 40s to the 80s than the 80s to these 20s. And obviously, I'd notice everyone looking down at their phones. I'm like, what the hell are those? Are those like the little communication pads from Star Trek? Like tricorders, you know? Yes, kind of. Hairstyles. Hairstyles are a bit different. It's, a, it's, it's tough because it doesn't really seem like things are that distinct. But I'm sure it would be a... You know, I guess the big video screens here, obviously, we didn't have those in the 80s. The kind of multi-story tall video screens on the sides of buildings. Yeah. People are online to go, oh, well, Pandora, it's a a jewelry store, obviously. It's it's a day to buy jewelry because it's Valentine's Day. Oh, this guy is actually rapping live. Look who's in the freezer. Uncle Ebenezer. Step into the freezer. Yes, no, he mentioned the word freezer. I was thinking of tweezer by fish. Anyway, but it would be, I think it would be somewhat disappointing that this is 2023. They just look like regular people just walking around. I don't know what, what I would, I want there to be different, but I mean, still largely internal combustion engine vehicles and even the electric vehicles are being powered by fossil fuel power plants, you know, uh, Yeah, it would it would be kind of sad, I think. But man, wait a minute! I did time travel here, just a long way. Am I disappointed? No, I'm used to it. I'm used to it. But I did time travel here. Obviously, I've been moving forward in time the whole time, from the '80s and the '70s and '60s even. Look, you can go to Jake's at the Nick. 
or Charlie Palmer at the Nick, or the St. Cloud Rooftop Bar. So many options. What does it mean? I don't know. Yeah. I guess the one thought I had about the uh, the uh, concept of how how might this world I'm living in not be part of the original sequence? So maybe uh, almost yeah, like all of history was run through, right? And now there is a process of. Uh, starting to like branch off uh, possibilities in reality, like, like starting to discover like hidden pathways that could branch off from the mainline history. You see what I'm saying? I know it doesn't really make much sense, but the the idea that like just imagine everything you know about the world. And all the history and all the could-have-beens and all the suggestions of what may, may have happened. If you were able to uh, go and explore those with the purpose of creating interesting timelines, you might not be using the same system, right? You may be using a separate system to, to simulate the reality than the original one. Oh, I don't know. that we should ignore our gut feelings, you know, our those subtle sensations we have. It could mean something. But what? That is the question. What does it all mean? Uh, I don't know. Anyways... At the moment, I don't know. Maybe at a higher level, I, I, you know, maybe my higher self knows. What, but what is it like? Like if you're, if I am like my higher self, and then I'm like, okay, now I'm going to focus in and be Frank Nora and temporarily lose the memory of who and what I really am. It's like. Is that like a scary moment? Like, oh, the next moment I'm going to be like waking up in the bed and like I won't remember who I really am. But then when I go to sleep again, I'll come back out out of the thing. Well, listen, it may not be that way, but it may. Anyways, with that, I'd like to thank you so much for patching into this episode of The Overnightscape. I'm your host, Frank Edward Nora, here in The Overnightscape Underground, a radio station inside a book. Just go to onsug.com for all the information you need, O-N-S-U-G.com. All the latest shows you can find there, and on the sidebar, you can see a picture of the book, and you can actually uh, buy the book an actual physical copy of the book and I plan on creating a new print edition this year I gotta gotta get cracking on that I gotta get moving on that one 
Um, you can also download a PDF of the book as it was when it was published, and then I update the PDF every month, and it's well on its way to the next edition now. We are a non-commercial project. We have over 13,000 hours of audio in the archive. We have a unique style, and we're very focused on listeners in the near and far future. Our, our, our goal, our mission is to create these shows and then do what we can to make sure that they're accessible to people in the future. That's the intent of it. As, as amazing of an entertainment system as this is for today, just imagine people listening in the, far, the farther future. This will be a lost world to them. And they can hear us who are soaking in it, living in it, and all of our perspectives and all of our, uh, you know, stories and experiences in this place. See, we're, it's like we're providing a, a service for the people of the future. Yes. Whether or not they actually want to hear it is another thing. I'm hoping a few of them, though. Thanks for listening. If you are, please. You can your voice can be in the archive as well. There's every week there's a show called Overnight Escape Central and PQ River and Truth or Consequences New Mexico comes up with a new topic each week. We're currently going over the Beatles albums. We just did A Hard Day's Night and next we're going to do Beatles for Sale. I was listening to that today. This is uh this is definitely overall not one of their better albums, Beatles for Sale. Do you have something to say about it? Well, Participate. You should still have time. Well, I, I actually, tomorrow is probably the deadline, but anyway. You know what I'm saying. Cross the street before. Three, two, one. Oh, no. It's a little bit of wiggle room. Anyways, you know what I'm saying. We'd love to hear from you. Jeff, do you like the Beatles? Or if you, even if you hate the Beatles, we'd love to hear you say like Beatles for sale what the hell I hate all Beatles you could you could say that that'd be interesting and then tell us why you hate the Beatles most overrated band in history you could say that I don't agree with that but you could say that yeah yeah but yeah just uh, on that sidebar you'll see Onsug Radio that's a current archive eventually I want to put everything inside the book on like a storage chip inside the physical book and or the, virt- the virtual copy of the book in the virtual realities. You see what I'm saying? It's, a, it's like everything is inside the book. And that is how it will move forward into the future. Because a book is an idea. The idea of a book is something that has a great amount of permanence and is meant to continue on into the future. You know, you know. Other than the, the you know, the uh, the rare book burnings here and there. Otherwise, people generally tend to like preserve books. You know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, there's those the whale mural painted in the breezeway of the Port Authority bus terminal. Remember the videos online? Uh, 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 remember like the TV special back in the '70s. We finally figured out a way to record the whales, and they go. It was awesome, right? I wonder if whales would enjoy this. 
the space you're about to enter, known as the other side.
Hey girls, did those pigeons shitting on the triangular monument in the square of Nothingsville need shooing away? Well girls, you can't be too careful these days after all. Who wants to get stuck with a jigsaw puzzle when you could be playing trivia all your friends could envy? Think carefully, I become a part of you every time you sit down. The Lady Morpheus plan tells you how in four easy steps. Step one. And by the tenth grade, they are in each other's arms and they are petting. Step two, mastering the studied non-reaction. I love you. No. No. I love you. Step four, keep repeating to yourself, if I could do it all over again, I'd do it all over you. And if you act stupid now, you can get a free bottle of plasma and enjoy big savings from yourself if you mention the name of your favorite boyfriend to the man behind the thick glass. He'll check a box for you. And if you're not completely satisfied with this plan, we'll send you back to square one in 10 to 15 years. Sound too good to be true? An offer you can't refuse? A long mustard dream. A long mustard dream.
As an alternative to unplanned rural sprawl, the Tennessee Valley Authority is working with Alabama's Elk River Development Agency in an innovative approach to community planning. The development is called Elkmont Rural Village and is located near Athens in northern Alabama. First phase construction of the village is well underway. One of the requirements for all homes to be built here is that they must comply with TVA's energy saving super saver homes specifications. The super saver concept includes extra thick insulation, the use of an electric heat pump, and other different construction techniques. The community recreation center, now going up at the entrance of the new town, is equipped with solar panels. The 2,400 square foot building will include a solar water heater in addition to using a solar system for heating the building. According to plans, up to 1,000 homes are to be built in the village on the 1,700 acres of land. Tennis courts, as well as picnic areas and nature trails, are being provided for use by the residents. Permanent open space and careful planning are the two key factors that will make the village different. TVA says if these planning concepts prove practical, they can be used as guides for other housing developments in the TVA area and throughout the country. For TVA, this is Steve Cinnamon.
Meet Joe. Take off his trunks. And mother. This could be interpreted as perverted behavior. And introducing. How do you do, sir? I'm Wendell Tavette. My name's Wendell Tavette. Hi, I'm Wendell Tavette. Nice to meet you. They're three fun-loving fraternity brothers on vacation. Welcome to Palm Springs, you assholes. Fraternity vacation. You know, I try to treat these kids decently when they come into town. I get up, let's go home. I'm fair, I'm lenient. I order you to first. What thanks do I get? They're determined to make new friends. Hi, boys. Mind if we join you? And share a holiday adventure <laughs> they'll never forget. Some doctor thinks he's found a cure for herpes. Boy, would that be a relief? And he's going to learn how to mingle. Gossip. He owns one of the largest pig farms in central Iowa. And get first-class service. Can I buy you a drink? Would you care to dance? I guess a blowjob in the parking lot would be out of the question. It's not just another holiday excursion. Oh, wow, look at the moon. Fraternity Vacation. It's the comedy that asks the question, Have you dicks got anything better to do? We do everything. Oh, great. Fraternity Vacation. If we had it to do over, we'd do it again! All in the National Guard. Fraternity Vacation. It's the best time of the year. I think it is a natural consequence of the Cold War situation which has developed in the world today. It is nothing new because it has been seen for the last few days that Russia has been taking certain steps and so also the United States. It is just the development of the Cold War. Well, the bomb about the bomb made me amazed. Uh, I don't approve personally of testing bombs, which after all means using them eventually irrespective of who does it, or when, or, or how, or why. That's all I have to say. Well, it was rather shocking, you know, to hear about that. And I, I think it may be a sort of a revenge against the American preparation, I think. Uh, you know, the Indonesians are basically against the testing of uh, atomic bomb by any country in the world. So, I hope that this uh, conference will uh, hasten uh, uh, every country concerned to have a new conference to uh, abolish the bomb. Well, the news was a, a very surprising uh, one to me. Uh, in my opinion, the danger of the nuclear test uh, at any time and uh, at any place uh, are very big. Uh, in, I think I would say that uh, better road to freeing the world from uh, such a danger would be ne to negotiate and uh, to put all the possible efforts toward uh, a kind of uh, positive approaches and uh, positive final solutions uh, concerning this problem then to breach the moratorium. Well, if it is a part of the war of Nas, it is not so bad. But if it is serious, it is very bad for the world and I do hope the world leaders should meet and stop this nonsense press and bring about a negotiated peace.
You and me are going to have some real fun. Why would four teenage boys think of it as a great adventure? Spend their summer working at a sleepy Mexico resort. Well, I know about these places, you guys. Welcome to paradise. Are you married, ma'am? Just shut up. Is it for love? Uh, I'm in love. For beauty. For stimulation of the mind. Or is it for stimulation? This place is full of crazy women. I'm not going to sleep in there. Hot chili, where men can be men. You're no here on vacation. You're here to work. The perverts. Come on, you guys. This isn't funny anymore. I don't believe this. Nobody likes me. I told you never to speak to me again. I believe in kind of an exchange of energy between two human beings. Ah! <laughs> My God. Do you play any instruments? I love the organ. I will give you your first lesson free. You're all disgusting! Boy, if my mother could see me now. Hot chili. Sometimes a little spice is all the variety you need. I love hot chili. Oh! Hot chili. When you guys first started in this business, did you have any kind of uh, thank you success plan, any kind of plan for world domination? Well, I don't know. I mean, we had a plan. We we wanted to we wanted to get a band that could could stay together. And, you know, I mean, and that, that would have a long-term sort of chance for making something of itself because there's so many bands, we see them in Australia and there were a lot of good bands and they get to a point, you know, where they, they're just ready to, to break and then the egos or whatever forces that are inside are just split them apart. So that was, that was about as much of a plan as there was, to have a band that could stay together and work together. Essentially, band has has a lifetime, uh, there's a few that have, that have survived past that, um, Rolling Stones and people like that, become an institution, but I don't think, um, I don't think bands have the same lifespan that they used to. I believe that music's becoming more disposable and that people want to see new things. So, um, and plus of course everybody's got their own little sort of ideas about what they like to do as well. I mean, I think the band will probably, um, will attain a certain perspective on the band and it won't be completely running our lives and, and that's the situation I'd like to reach.
those things. And as soon as they know we're here, this place is going to be crawling with them. Well, if they're that many, they'll probably get us wherever we are. Look, the cellar. The cellar, there's only one door, right? Just one door, that's all we have to protect. Tom and I fix it so it locks and boards from the inside. But up here, all these windows, why, we'd never know where they were going to hit us next. You got a point, Mr. Cooper. But down in the cellar, there's no place to run to. I mean, if they did get in, there'd be no back exit. We'd be done for. Uh... We can get out of here if we have to. And we got windows to see what's going on outside. But down there with no windows, if a rescue party did come, we wouldn't even know it. But the cellar is the strongest place. The cellar is a death trap. I don't know, Mr. Cooper. I think he's right. You know how many's out there? I don't know. Maybe six or seven. Look, you two can do whatever you like. I'm going back down to the cellar, and you better decide. Because I'm going to board up that door, and I'm not going to unlock it again no matter what happens. Now, wait a minute, Mr. Cooper. No, I'm not going to wait. I've made my decision. Now, you make yours. Now, wait a minute. Let's think about this. We can make it to the cellar if we have to. You can wear a pocket there. Introducing Kodak Trimlight Instamatic cameras with new pocket-sized flip flash. Take four flash pictures, flip, and take four more. Wow. Anywhere you wear a pocket, you can wear a pocket there. Here's a final story that could bring some comfort to parents of young struggling rock musicians and yours truly is one. The Rolling Stones, that's a famous rock group, wrapped up their North American tour last night with a concert near Buffalo, New York. That tour has netted the group $13 million in ticket sales. And that, my friends, breaks down to about $750,000 apiece for the band's four regular members. And remember, it all began with a neighborhood... Foothill Boulevard and San Antonio, June 18th through the 25th.